Happy Monday, everyone. Welcome to Coffee Break on Unsafe Space. Today is Monday, June 15th. I'm your host, Carter Laren, and I'm joined by the lovely in a hat and a Newsies hat, Carrie Smith. Newsies. Hi, Carter. Is it a Newsies? I feel like it's a Newsies hat. Is Probably. there another word for it? Uh, there's a word for it. I forget what it is. Hey, so if you guys... Here's a public service announcement for Unsafe Space fans. First of all, thank you to our new subscribers for joining us. Welcome. Uh, we have you, over 6,800 now. Woohoo! If you think that you, you are subscribed, if you if you think that you're subscribed, please check, scroll down and check and make sure you're still subscribed. We've had several subscribers telling us that YouTube is unsubscribing them, and they even unsubscribed me, my personal account <laughs> from Unsafe Space. Uh, this isn't just us this happens to anyone who's doing anti-sjw content so uh carlin who's thank you dr carlin for having me on your show last week um she's also had people unsubscribed from her channel and i was one of the ones unsubscribed from her channel so this is happening just make sure you're still there uh word word in the chat is that my audio is out of sync so i'm going to fix it while you Describe to new people what this show is sure. and what else we have on the channel. So we do a live show currently um, called Kefefe Break. We used to do it daily. It used to be called Daily Kefefe if you want to look through our archives. We do it live on Mondays and Fridays. Uh, we have another show called Deprogrammed. Deprogrammed is more of a deep dive into my old belief system, The what I most often call SJW ideology. If you came here from Dr. K's channel, that's obviously what I was talking about there. And uh, last week we put out a deprogrammed episode with Yasmin Muhammad, which is really interesting. If you haven't seen it, she goes into so she was she was married to this Al Qaeda guy. She talks about leaving Islam, and then we sort of talked about some of the similarities between Islam and SJW ideology, and then also the differences, plus why it is that they they're bedfellows because they're really strange bedfellows. But um, it would seem it was a really but yes, it was it a great conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, we also do a book club. If you guys are new, um, we are currently reading a really tough read emotionally. It's called Ordinary Men. It's all about how you can get ordinary people to get on board with some atrocious behavior, atrocious behavior, and to commit unspeakable acts um, at the behest of a belief system and its social pressure. So if you are interested in reading that book, we're going to be discussing it. Um, I don't have my calendar in front of me. It's I the Sunday it's the after. Yes, it's the 28th. Yeah. So he's still time to read that. <laughs> Carrie has a dog with her today that might be a little bit more rambunctious than Tiger. Uh, as a reminder, you can go to unsafespace.com to support the show. You can go to subscribestar.com slash unsafespace. You can get merch on our website. Um, I don't know. I know I still owe people some emails. I will get back to you this week, but thank you for all your support. Carrie, we were going to do a... Um, Carrie and I had a random idea, so we're just going to throw it out there and see if you guys want to do it. Uh, Carrie gets asked for a lot of advice often uh from people i get i oddly get asked for relationship advice which i don't know why that is carter's I, really good at giving relationship I, advice yeah. apparently not good at following right? it all the time but yeah uh <laughs> i we get asked advice a lot and so we were thinking of doing like a, a 
basically like a Dear Abby kind of thing. If you want to write in stuff, we'll just have, maybe we can even have people on the show and like talk directly. I don't know. If anyone's interested in that kind of stuff, we can do that. But um, yeah, we get a lot of, I, I'm a fan of doing it in front of people rather than privately because it takes a lot of time and it's one-on-one and maybe other people could join the conversation or, or hear what's being said if we do it everywhere. Um, okay, oh, I'm getting a, an eye roll from, from BS. But I don't. But I don't know who. It might be. I think I know who BS is actually, in chat. Yeah. Anyway, um, Carrie, there's been a lot of stuff to go uh, happening. I don't know where you even want to start. I've got leftover stuff from last week we didn't cover. There's just been like, uh, the, the world is falling apart. Oh. I, I'm I'm now oh, more um, convinced than ever that we're there's going to have to be a separation, like hopefully peaceful separation uh, between. Parties. I don't know. I still between parties. Well, not oh, you mean... political parties, just like people wanting individualism and freedom, and people want to go in the Marxist route. And I, like, I don't. I, I yeah, don't. I, I don't know. There's a way to solve this. I I th- I have not given up hope. I think I think some. I think it's both good and bad that my old belief system has flooded the world in the past couple of weeks because. It's bad in that you're seeing every part of the system, which is funny considering that they're always claiming systemic biases, right? But the whole system is supporting my old ideology. Every company, as you mentioned in the last episode, Ashley Ray Goldenberg did a list on Medium of every corporation that is speaking the ideology now, and they Medium deleted her article. And it was everyone you can imagine, every single company – I have some news about that, somewhere. actually, Carrie. Really? Would you like? What? Would you like some news about the Ashley Ray, yes. or some interesting information? So, yes. To get the Ashley Ray stuff, I went to uh, Internet Archive, Web Archive. I'm going to play a video of me going to the Internet Archive. So, this is the Wayback Machine. This is just a video of. This is a screen capture of what I did previously. So, go over here. This is the this is the article. If you'll notice, that happened really quickly. So let me back up. If you'll notice, I click on it. The article's in their archives, but bam, they remove it and say 404. I'm gonna do it again. We do it again for another date, and it takes longer. The article shows up, and then it's still loading something. It's lo- like, hey, should we be censoring this? Bam, yes, we should. 404. <gasps> So the Internet Archive is actually censoring her article. Wow. Yeah, okay, we've been wondering about Wayback Machine, if they've been converged upon or not by SJWs. I would say... This looks like a yes. makes me think maybe, (laughs) yes. This looks Um, like a yes. So by the way, I do have her article, if you ever want to look through it. I have the version with 266 companies, but it's basically everyone. Yeah. It's basically everyone. I've I've seen it. So, but the to get back to my point, it's it's both bad that it's everywhere, and you're seeing every part of the system, every corporation capitulate and say the words. Most of them doing it just because it's in vogue and this is for money, right? Um, but but every celebrity, every part of the cultural elite, every person in the Democratic Party, pretty much, is speaking this now. What's most discouraging people in your life, friends and family who 
have never spoken it before, who have now been activated and are speaking it. I get all of that is bad. But on the other hand, there's some good that's going to come from this. I think they are massively underestimating how many people, how, how big of I See, they've been, it's like boiling a frog. They've been planting the ideology for decades, and now they've reached a point where they're activating it everywhere. But I think they still did it too early. I think that I think there's going to be a massive backlash of people who find this, you know, who, whose eyes are finally open. Because I know, like you, Carter, a lot of the people I'm hearing from are people who, for the past four years, have been very skeptical about what I'm talking about and like, oh, you're making a big deal out of nothing. Oh, this is just in colleges. Oh, and now those people are listening and they're like, yes, yeah, something is really freaking wrong here. So there's some good in this and that I think it's going to wake up a lot of people. I just don't know yet. I mean, I don't have a crystal ball. You don't. We're bad at making predictions sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> some of my predictions are good. Some of the political ones about like the who's political ones win are the bad. Yeah. 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 But anyway, I, I don't um, know. I mean, I. Uh, the majority of people don't agree with this. But the majority of people have also been trained to just shut up and go along and kind of don't lose your job, keep your mouth shut. Um, so, and they're they're pretty they're pretty vociferously attacking anyone who even questions. Like you you showed me a, a Conan O'Brien clip oh. of your um, what was what was the guy's name your your ex um oh gosh. Client? My one of my former clients is comedian W. Kamel Bell, and uh, he, I would call, he's a professional SJW. Uh, the, the ideology comes first, then the comedy, which is that was true for my career as a comedy manager. My ideology came first, then comedy. I picked, I tended to pick comedians who spoke my ideology, like he did. Um, the last thing we sold together before we parted ways was the show he's on 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 CNN currently. Um, but anyway, he, he is out preaching. Of course, this is what he does. He makes, he makes a living off of, this is the way I think of professional SJWs. They make a living off of the perception of the world being as bad as they're saying it is. And if you're, you're never going to reach a point. And in fact, he said, and I've seen other SJWs say like racism will never be eradicated. No, it probably won't. It's just not as awful as you're trying to say it is. We're living in one of the, well, we were living in one of the best periods you can imagine, I would say, in terms of where we progressed in society. And they're trying to say that's not that's not what's happening. But anyway, he um, sells this belief system. So he went on Conan, and then that led me down a rabbit hole of looking at Conan, Conan O'Brien's timeline on Twitter. And it's just... It's sick. It's sickening, but it's also it's just cringeworthy and sad. And every video, I don't know if you guys have been following. I used to love Conan. Every video is like the one he did with Kamal, where he's talking with SJWs in one on one, these really awkward conversations, um, and they're kind of bringing. You're watching. You're witnessing someone being converted. That's what's really creepy. Go watch some of these videos. So the one with Kamal, at one point. Um, we talked about how there's a lot of analogies between my old ideology and religion. They borrow a lot from religion. So the concept of original sin for them, it's privilege. Um, you know, you have to, you have to, uh, 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 confess your privilege. So in this video, a couple creepy things. One of them is he says, are you ready to accept and believe 
that this country is run by white supremacy. Jesus Christ into your heart. Oh, no, that's not what I was. Yeah. <laughs> Are you... Yeah, exactly. Maybe it makes you think of the conversation. Are you ready to accept Jesus as your personal savior? That's what he's asking him. But it's, are you ready to accept this ideology as your yeah. personal savior? Are you going to join ideology. the cult? Yes, this joining this cult will save mm-hmm. you, right? And then the other really creepy thing is uh, he assigns him a, an author that he likes, an SJ, a professional SJW, to be in charge of Conan's whiteness. <laughs> and you know, interrogating his whiteness, and it sounds funny, and they kind of laugh about it. But he's serious as well. Oh, he's, yeah, serious. Of he's serious. And if you check out Conan O'Brien's timeline, there's like all these videos, just like the one with Kamal. There's other ones, and and then there's and then this woman who's now in charge of his whiteness. Talk about making once you apologize and bend the knee and convert, they make further and further and further demands of you. <laughs> So now this woman's like tweeting at Conan and his official Team Coco account all the time with things that she wants him to retweet, you know, and things he needs to read. And he's like dutifully retweeting them. Like his whole account has been taken over by he's just an SJW mouthpiece now. I'm like, where's the comedy, dude? Yeah. And uh, but the video was really uh, skin crawly is because you, you're watching someone be converted into a call. I'm very glad they put the videos up so you can see see the process of conan becoming one one of them um anyway. yeah this white this whiteness thing is particularly interesting to me because um i searched i went looking for definitions because like how do you define whiteness right um mm-hmm. and so I, I went looking for definitions and actually there are no clear definitions of whiteness apart from you are the majority in a society, and so you have some, like, expectations. Like, um, it's normal to have white skin if there's a white majority in the nation. Therefore, that's whiteness. Whiteness is normal. Um, there's more white people on television. Like, the, the definitions of these are pretty lame. So, like, if you go to Japan, I guess whiteness isn't a thing anymore, right? Because it's not <laughs> normal them, that you really? have white, like whiteness is abnormal it so there's nothing um there's no real explanation on and unless you get into the racist explanations where people start talking about well expecting blacks to show up on time is whiteness right um which is just racist against black people um totally racist right so they don't even have whiteness isn't even a the word whiteness is just a red flag like whiteness isn't a thing it's not a it's it's either Things that happen as a function of you happening to be the majority, which, by the way, in California, we're not, I don't think, anymore. So I don't know how whiteness is a thing for Conan. Or is he in New York? Um, it doesn't matter. He's in L.A. Uh, He's in yeah, LA. okay, great. So you don't have majority privilege. Uh, I get. Are they going to start talking about Latinness soon in California? Because, because they're going to be the majority of the population in California? I, I doubt it. I doubt it. No. Um, no, because this, this go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's all right. I mean, well, it's I, not logical. And you know what they would say about Japan? Many of them can't answer that question. When you point out that this is what they're most of the things on that white privilege checklist that Peggy McIntosh coined in the eighties, which you guys should look her up. If you don't know about her, we did a video about her. Um, most of those things are majority privilege that they're talking about. And they apply to other countries like in China, 
you could check up all those things about Chinese people or in Japan, you could check up all those things about Japanese people as the majority of the population. Most of them don't have an answer to that, but the ones who do, they still insist, Carter, to your earlier question, is there whiteness in Japan? Is there white supremacy in Japan? They would say yes. Oh, how? This is fascinating. How is there white supremacy in Japan? They can't really explain it. <laughs> they just say it's a global thing that, that whites have um, <laughs> conquered and subjugated the world and... Like they don't, they don't, they're not students of history and they don't, they don't really have a good, it's just that there are all these areas that they haven't explored questions like that, which they're not asked in the belief system. And so when you ask them, they just go with their default answer, which is that yes, but they don't bother to explain why. All right. They, they not, I, I get that they have no, uh, incentive to be rational in any way because they're taught that their feelings are sufficient evidence for uh the truth of their argument and that's the end and that and and their which i've talked about before their social metaphysicians they look around at other people and like what do my friends say is true if they say whiteness is in japan then it's true <laughs> like all right yes. that's that's not how metaphysics works but good job um so yeah i don't know i guess I, they would say capitalism that white that that capitalism is also a tool of whiteness, and that you know I have heard private property that. is a whiteness thing, right? Yes, private Which property is, like, is part of. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, I mean, I, honestly, I I kind of don't want to convert people anymore. I just want separation because if you're if you're not convinced now, like if you see everything going on around you and you're still like, this is fine. Like I kind of, <laughs> I kind of don't want to be in a society with you. Go ahead, go expand Chaz, and and go do that thing. By the way, Chaz is now the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone has been renamed by them to the Capitol Hill Occupied Protest, because they don't actually want to secede. They want the territory to be America's, but they want to occupy it, which I think means we really like free stuff. We really don't want to be autonomous, because then we have to be on our own. We just want to be in your house. Um, so at least they're honest, I guess. Hmm. But uh, Well, here's the thing. Uh, you have to remember that, and I have to keep reminding myself of this. There are lots of people who were never speaking the ideology before who are suddenly speaking it in the past two weeks. And to those people... You were you were saying if you don't if you don't if you can't look around you by now and say this is insane not great but I understand why a lot of those people can't because it's like they're late to I I was indoctrinated early twenty years ago you know I was I was preaching this stuff when so there's a lot of these women in my timeline now who I would say for the most part have only ever posted about like like selfies and beauty products and shopping and building this. Um, and some of them Christian posting about, you know, Christian, I guess, you know, stuff about God once in a while, but posting all this stuff that's, that's about like showing, showcasing the perfect life. And in fact, when I've talked to some um, women in uh, about like things that they have, they need prayer about or whatever. Like I, it was eye opening to me that some people, I got just cause it was foreign to me. Some people were, were very cognizant of the fact that Facebook for them, um, I'm talking about prior to two, these past two weeks, Facebook for them 
was something they struggled with because it was about like trying to show the perfect home life and the perfect family and everything, everyone needs to look like an Instagram influencer and all the photos need to be perfect. And it's, it's just about what the outside world thinks about you and trying to like compete and keep up with your neighbors on Facebook and cultivating the, the perfect outward appearance, right? So a lot of those women are now speaking the ideology. For the same reason sense. that they post pictures of their yoga pants. Yes. Yes, because this right. is now shifted. Like we said, this is now the mainstream. This is what your neighbors are posting. This is how you sh- keep up with the Joneses right now is to show how woke you are. It's it it's it really isn't that different than what they were doing before. It was no. like shopping and family life pictures and perfect life and now it's like I am the perfect woke person. And 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 so I but I do understand that it's sort of for those people that it, it's it is new for them in a way. They the ideology has been planted in their head for decades, but it's still like there's, it's going to take time, I think, for those people to wake up. Plus, a lot of those people are only ever going to wake up when the rest of us shift the culture, when the rest of us Yeah, they probably make it, won't. Yeah, they yeah. won't until until it becomes overwhelming. Like, this is why I love, the again, comedy to make fun of this stuff. That celebrity video that just came out, did you see this? Mm-mm. It's a bunch of white celebrities. Like, it's, it's, it's almost as bad as the Imagine one, Carter. And they're all staring at the camera and there's like sad music in the background. It's all in black and white. And they're like, I take responsibility. I take responsibility. And they're all telling what they take responsibility for. And uh, ultimately meaning. How about for the consequences of their ideas? No. Yeah. How about that? (laughs) And, uh, but there's already been some memes. I asked right before we started, I'm like, where are the memes? And people started sending me some. And those things are really good. When you can make fun of the wokeness, that's good. Humor's good. Yeah. You can catch people with humor, right? Yep. You want it to be the same way they try to socially ostracize people for not getting woke. You need to make it uncool to be woke. It is uncool to be woke. Well, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. I don't know if it's uncool, but it should be. Um, by the way, thank you, Jason, for a super chat. He says, it's interesting to watch a mass reenactment of Animal Farm and Lord of the Flies in Seattle. It will be better if they just rented a stage, though. Yes, Yes, Jason, it would be better. Actually, I have, uh, this is not super funny, but um, my my daughter and I made something that I, this this whole Seattle thing made me think of, actually all the rioting and the media's reaction to the rioting, and um, actually maybe as an intro, I'll, I'll uh, before I even show this, I'll show Thank this. Thank you, Jason. Yes. Go ahead. Uh, I will show, I'll show something else first. So Kent Anufrachuk shared this with me on um, on Facebook, and this is just an example of how the media is <clears throat> reacting to all this stuff. Uh, just generally, not this stuff, but just everything, right? So, by the way, Carter, you should know I'm a little delayed. Like I, your your screen is frozen for me, so I can see it on the live. But if I'm not reacting to whatever you're showing me at any time oh, today, it's because I'm a little delayed. But yeah, okay, go ahead. Um, so here they have graphic content. Fights broke out between far-right protesters and anti-racist demonstrators outside London's Waterloo Station. Okay. Um, by the way, I love that they call them far-right and anti-racist, not what they should be called, uh, fascist, no. woke assholes and, uh, <laughs> and anti-racists. Uh, so, okay. So 
so that, but the, okay, look at this. Two hours, these were screenshot at the same time. So at the same time they're saying this, right? They are also saying, yeah, you get to see that, which I wanna talk about later. They're also saying this. Black Lives Matter demonstrators gathered in London and Leeds for peaceful protests. <laughs> so they are simultaneously peaceful and fights are breaking out. Uh, this, this is kind of their, their thought process. So uh, my daughter and I made this little video for all of you. Here you go. Oh. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. What the fuck are we going to do now? What are we going to do? Maybe we could build a fire, sing a couple of songs, huh? Why don't we try that? We better get back, because it'll be dark soon. And the riots are mostly peaceful. Mostly. But she, she dubbed, uh, you know the scene from um, Aliens? Where the girl's like, they mostly only come at night, mostly. She just dubbed it and was like, the, the riders, are, they're mostly peaceful riders, mostly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's because that's what we're being told by the media, right? They're all peaceful riders, except for when it is uh, in, helps the narrative to say that there's something happening. Um, Carrie, uh, I, I don't, there's just so many random things. I don't even know how to make this show is going to be disjointed today. And I apologize. There's just so much randomness happening, uh, that I don't even know where to start. Uh, we should, uh, thank Blaine Taylor, Tanner, trainer, sorry, Blaine trainer for super chat. Hello from Edinburgh. Loved you guys since Jan of Gates, <laughs> but I don't have anything to contribute other than that. It is definitely Carrie's best. What is it? Bunnet? Is that a hat? Bunnet? In the hat. In Scottish. Scottish. All right. Hey Carter, I I just really want to be able to see what you're putting up on the screen today. So I'm gonna hang up and call you right back. You you only froze up when you fixed your audio, so Oh. Um, I might be able to fix it for you live, but it's probably better if you hang up and call back. Yeah. Um all right, Carrie's gonna hang up and call back, obviously. She is gone. Oh, that was fast. She's gonna be back already. Can you see me now? There we go. All right. Carrie's back. We're together. All good. Um, Carrie, this... I, I, I have a prediction. I'm going to make a non-political prediction. I was thinking about words that are benign but will be viewed as racist dog whistles or we will be told that they're dog whistles for racists. Right? You know how individualism is now a dog whistle for racists, right? Supposedly. Yeah. I think, I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm using that in quotes. Uh, I think univariate will be a, a dog whistle for racists because. Oh, um, yes. Yeah. I can see where you're going. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Because people, a way to describe the racism on the left is to basically note that they, they, what they do constantly is they look at disparate outcomes and they as, and assign a univariate uh, cause to those outcomes without any further investigation. And that univariate cause is always systemic racism or systemic misogyny or whatever. It's always, it's always their narrative. And it's always a, an amorphous uh, systemic thing that uh, undermines 
or, or advances right. their agenda. So, so what you, Carter's saying is that instead of like when you look at something, they just automatically say it's because of racism or right. it's because of sexism, or they just pick one thing and they never actually look. And they ne- and they also don't acknowledge that there's usually multiple factors. They don't care. They don't care to explore care. at all. Right. Um, you know, but they only apply it to certain things, right? So they'll ask like, why aren't there more black CEOs? Well, that must be systemic white racism. Why aren't there more Jewish NBA players? Crickets. We don't ask that question, <laughs> right? Uh, why aren't there more female uh, garbage truck drivers? <laughs> right. Uh, Sandy Kins just sent us a super chat. Thank you, Sandy Kins. Um, she has no comments, just a super chat. So just thank you. Yeah, so I think the univariate is going to be considered a call. A, uh, that's going to be a new dog whistle for, they're going to say that it's a new dog whistle for white supremacy. Um, Carrie, there's a couple, can we talk about a couple other things? You have, did you see this Rayshard Brooks thing? This is a difficult one to talk about, um, but I want to talk about it anyway. Did you see the Rayshard Brooks shooting? I did. This is the Atlanta one, right? Yeah, don't worry, I'm not going to play. No playing of videos <laughs> today. Um, what, uh, before I ask anything, what is your thoughts on it? Because it's be, they burned down the Wendy's that um, yeah. this event happened at, which, just so you know, Wendy's had nothing to do with it. The employees had nothing to do with it. This was happened outside the Wendy's uh, in altercation to be, between police officers and, uh, and Rashard Brooks. But it was a white woman who burned on the Wendy's too. They have her own video. And oh, actually, really? Yeah, some of the one of the nice. black protesters filmed it and said, "I'm filming this because you know the media is going to try and say black the black community did this." Right. But it was a white SJW. Um, my thoughts on it are so on the George Floyd one. That one, in my opinion, absolutely, and most people, everyone I know's opinion, absolutely unjustifiable. And I think that officer is rightly, he's been brought up on charges. Um, in this case, I'm struggling to understand some of the SJW take on this one. Well, I know why they're saying, they're, they're going to say it no matter what the circumstances are. They're going to say that it's racism. Um, but in this case, uh, A, if someone did what this guy did, it doesn't, I don't think it matters what the race is. I think the cop would have responded the same way. I'm not saying every cop was, but I'm just saying that cop, it, I don't think the guy's race came into play at all. And, and the other thing is that if a, if a suspect is, he wasn't just running away and avoiding arrest. He took the taser and was trying to tase the cops. If he had tased the cop successfully, could have also taken his gun. Thank he could you. also tase Thank the you. cop. Yeah. And, he, and then he could, you know, and then the cop could have, he also could have rolled out in the truck. Like that's what they're trained to do is to, if the suspect is firing a weapon at them, they're supposed to, that's what they do. They are trained to fire back. I don't, do I think the cop is a good shot? No, but he's under pressure. Would I have been, I don't know what, what I do you mean. He's not a good know. shot. He hit the guy. Well, no, he hit the guy. I'm just saying, I, people are like, why do you have to kill him? Why can't you shoot him in the leg? Or why can't you? Oh, well, that, those the, are just retarded people who've moment, never fired a gun. I know. That's, I, mean, I know. But, I mean, I know. yeah. I, I, so, by the way, uh, I did put a super chat up, and I, we should say this quickly. Uh, 
Sandy Kins apparently started an unsafe space knitting space on Telegram. She says, I understand it's easier to beg for forgiveness than ask for permission. Link sent to Ninja Oh, Kitty nice. So, okay. Um, thank you, I guess. Uh, just if you want to talk knitting only, you can do that. Um, yeah, that was the thing that bothered me, that, that bothers me about this. I, um, we, we're getting to this point where no matter what happens, it's assumed that the cop, like, has done something wrong or that, like, and I think this cop was fired. But if you are carrying a firearm, which police do, uh, you have an obligation, a moral obligation. I don't know about legal. Maybe a cop can fill me in here. But you've got a moral obligation to make sure that that firearm arm does not fall into the hands of a criminal who may use it against you or your partner or other innocent people. You have to keep that firearm secure. It's your job to keep that firearm secure. That's part of your job. And when the guy resists arrest, gets into a fight, one of the cops ends up on the ground, uh, steals the taser from the cop. So he's already grabbing at stuff on the cop's waistband. He's stealing the taser from the cop, using it against the cop, and he was, yes, he, yes, he was shot in the back, which sounds very bad, but he was also turning and firing the taser at the cop while he was running. Had he hit the cop with the taser and the cop became incapacitated, he could easily have turned around and grabbed the gun from the cop and then gone after the other cop or, or whatever. The cops can't assume that, like, yeah. cops have to assume that if you are all of the sudden resisting arrest, stealing their weapons, and using their weapons against them, that you might be a threat to them and those around you in any capacity. So they need to stop the threat. And now the guy that fired, um, I don't know which cop was it that, I don't know which whose taser was stolen, but one guy's taser was stolen and the other guy's taser was deployed. So I don't know if he had an opportunity to do a taser again. It's not like he had a less lethal option even at that point. He, the only weapon he had left to him was his firearm, and he was being t fired at with the taser by the other guy, uh, by, by, by uh, what's his name, Rayshard Brooks. So, you know, I, this idea that we're supposed to look at this video and be outraged, should it be investigated? Yeah, I think every police shooting should be investigated by experts and they should look at the body cam footage and all the context and figure out what to do. And if there's disciplinary action that needs to be taken, you take the disciplinary action. But, you know, the idea that we're supposed to look at this and on its face say, oh, it's just white cops killing another black man. No, it's not just that. It's not. It's a guy resisting arrest, using force, stealing weapons from police officers and using force in an attempt to escape getting shot in the process. Was that appropriate or not? I don't know, but it's not on its surface inappropriate. We don't know, and it should, you know, this, it's not a, this is not a cut and dry, like, obvious thing. Um, I, and I don't understand I how, I, I don't understand how normal people can look at this and think that a world in which cops are massively afraid to touch anyone who's got black skin yeah. is going to be a good idea. Uh, yeah. It's just a license for for criminality. That's all it is. The guy could have just I... easily gotten arrested. He could have put the handcuffs on. He was already, he failed the sobriety test. He could have just gotten arrested, dealt with the DUI like a man, 
Yeah. And, uh, and you know, taking his chops. But he didn't. He had to run like an animal. That's the other thing is they don't ever... The SJWs are the ideologues who push this narrative. First of all, you can tell an ideologue by the fact that they never have a nuanced opinion on two different cases. Like, right. like, like I have one opinion about the George Floyd murder. I have another opinion about this video so far. My opinion is shaping up in a different direction. They never have a nuanced take on, well, in this scenario, this happened. They never look at context. Like no. you said, it's just univariate cause every time. That's an ideologue. They're not looking at facts. And I don't care if it's SJW, any any kind of ideologue, they always stick to narrative. It doesn't matter what the facts are. Um, and, uh, uh, oh, but God, I had another point. Uh, oh, well, it'll come back to me. Well, anyway. you know, you brought up something else, Carrie. This, uh, all of the, so all of these opinions about what to do with the police are oh, coming from a point of thing. naivete. All right, go ahead. Sure. One last thing is you mentioned, you know, he could have been arrested for driving while intoxicated and taken the responsibility like a man, which he didn't, but they never expect, they never look at the behavior of, of the person in the, in, when they're telling a story and a narrative, look at where they're putting all the responsibility on the oh, police on the officer who's dealing with this. They never put it on the individual again, as if he has no individual agency, as if he has no, there's never any question about like, what did this person do that caused them to be in this situation? Well, and the stuff that headlines that I was hearing was like within seconds after having a friendly conversation with police, he was gunned down. I'm like, that's your description of that. A friendly conversation is take the breathalyzer were, were the cops were clearly not intending to escalate the situation from the beginning. They were like being, they were kind of being friendly to the guy. He was talking back to them. They took the breathalyzer and they're like, okay, sorry, you got to come in, you know, like going to take the cuffs out. You're drunk. <laughs> um, and th- then we skip over the part where he fought back, stole a weapon, fired it at them <laughs> and ran and like shot. So the headline becomes friendly conversation turns into shoot like, cops shooting yeah. them. it's like you know the media is doing this intentionally the thing that i wanted to mention before about coming at this with naivete i actually i want to correct a position that i had i was like one of the things that i thought should be looked at uh, earlier when in the video i made last week was um qualified immunity for cops because i was again i'm hearing stuff about qualified immunity that's just not true that's like oh you know they can get off even after they do horrible things. That's not how qualified immunity works. And if you're going to have people in your town enforcing the laws, there needs to be some protection for them when they use force. If it's justified, like if it's justified and they didn't get, if they're not under disciplinary action, like it didn't, it was ruled as justified. Why should the family be able to sue them and ruin their life? Who the hell would want to be a cop after that? You're going to have no police. And I think that's the goal anyway, is to just go after everything so that you can't have any police. And that's just what they want. They would just want no police, which yeah. they've already said. Um, so, uh, but yeah, the naivete thing, I, I know, Carrie, this, we've talked about this before, but cops don't train to shoot people in the leg. It's hard enough to shoot hit center mass. They don't shoot to kill either. They shoot to stop the threat. They shoot to hit center mass. 
It's very difficult in a stressful situation to hit. With moving targets, it's even harder. The idea that, like, you've just been watching too many... I don't know. You've been watching too many Hollywood movies about how things work. You don't, you don't whip out your gun in the middle of an altercation and shoot some guy 15 feet away who's running in the left toe because that's the best way to disable him. You, you shoot. You shoot center of mass. That's what center you do. Center of mass, yeah. <clears throat> Actually, Elizabeth, had, she pointed that out in chat. She said cops don't train that way to like shoot in the legs. No, um, no they can't, because and, it's stupid. If cops, if because, cops trained to shoot in the leg, they would yeah. miss. And they and they would miss in situations where their lives and their partners' lives and innocent lives were on the hook. So yeah. they they train like anyone else trains. <laughs> they train to hit center mass, which is not as easy as you think. Jen also has a great point in chat. Uh, she says, "I do honestly think one major factor is how often they're told that if they're black, they'll die in custody. I don't I don't want to be arrested, but I wouldn't react as though I literally had to fight for my life. I think the media mm. has done that. And that is a great point. Part of the, there's so many things wrong with SJW ideology and, and, and things that I think are uh, awful consequences of it. And one of them is that this narrative that they're selling, this narrative that they're selling, that you need to be, because, you know, af afraid of the cops in a way that white people are not if you're uh, being arrested for something like this. And that, like, they're putting this fear in people's heads that might cause people to react in ways they wouldn't otherwise if they didn't buy into this version of reality. Yeah. So No, ab absolutely, Carrie. Um, and that's like this. So this was this other... Uh, this other thing that happened in San Francisco, you're reminding me of this. Did you see the video of the guy in San Francisco who was spray painting, chalk spray painting in front of his house, Black Lives Matter, and two white people talked, like confronted him? Did you see this video? Yes. Okay. So I really don't like the white people in this video. <laughs> right. Fine. Yeah. Fine. But, but, um, the white people aren't First of all, there's no for the guy's not black by the way, he's Filipino. <laughs> um do I think there were a little bit of busybodies? Yes. I do think the white people were yes. busybodies. However, uh there's nothing wrong with if you see someone look, there's been a lot of graffiti in cities. There's nothing wrong with seeing someone apparently spray painting graffiti. And saying they didn't they didn't confront him in a like horrible, horrible way. They said, uh, I think they said, like, do you live here? Like they asked him a question, like, do you live here? Right? Because if you don't live here, what you're doing is illegal. Right? Now, in a sane society, he would say, Yes, I live here, go away, freaking <laughs> nosy, busybody, whatever. Like you go away. Yes, I live here. This is my property. I can do what I want. Yeah. yeah. But he didn't. He didn't. I hate him more than I hate them. Because he intentionally escalated this thing. He was like, I'm not telling you if I live here. You have to call the cops. He provoked them into calling the cops. So, and, and look, right. yeah, frankly, I would right. like neighbors like that. If someone was spray painting something, like, yeah, a little bit busybody, but if someone's spray painting something in front of my house, I would like a neighbor to be like, hey, cut it out. That's not your property. And if it were me and I said, 
it is my property, and they went away, which is probably what they would do, then, you know, they also were like, no, we know who lives there. There's some other weird stuff. So I don't know that they would have agreed with him that it was his property, but he never claimed it was his property. Um, so I don't think they're great people necessarily, but he's the guy who caused this problem. And if you'll notice, he's the guy bringing cops into a situation where cops don't need to be. Cops don't need to be here. Cops didn't need to be in that situation. No cop That's needed to true. show up and have a conversation about this. He brought the cops. He did. He could have just said, it's my house. I'm painting this. Go away. And then it would be on her if she then proceeded to call the cops. Then it's her fault. But he told her to call the cops. Go ahead and call the cops. I'm not telling you. I'm not telling you my name. I'm not telling you if I live here. No, 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 no. He's just childish. He's a, he's a, a, a little snot who's trying to cause problems. And you know what he did? She lost clients. I think uh, the guy in the video either got fired or had some economic, like they've been canceled yeah. as a result of this video. Yeah. Um, and all because this guy intentionally escalated and claimed it was about race. It had nothing to do with race. There's no evidence that it had anything to do with race. He's not black. They live in San Francisco. So it's not like a Filipino person is like an aberration. Like, oh my God, I've never seen that before. Uh, there's Asians are all over the place in San Francisco. So the idea that he somehow and and he used it he, he in interviews with the news afterwards he was all this is what it's like and like he he played up this victim crap, this victim bullshit. I'm such a victim. A person stopped me when I was spray painting on in front of the house. Yes, you're not true. a victim. You're an asshole. You're an asshole. You're I would much rather live in a community with her. Even though I think she was a little bit too busybody and nosy for me, I'd still rather live next to her than you. Because you are looking for ways to show that you're oppressed. You're looking for ways to get your neighbors canceled. You're trying to involve the cops in every stupid little altercation. That is not an adult thing to do. That is a childish, pathetic, race-baiting thing to do. You're the problem, sir. And I support your yeah. right to spray paint Black Lives Matter over all your crap. Go ahead. You have that right. But all she did was ask a question, and all she did was try and look out and be a good neighbor. And by the way, if someone was spray painting racial slurs in front of your house, you better damn well like that she's over there asking people, hey, what are you doing? Why are you spray painting in this property? That's true. Okay, you've helped me to see this in a different way. <laughs> it pisses me off. It pisses me off. We need a community of people who who you, you know what hold each other me? to standards without involving yeah. the cops and then and, and, and resolve their disputes. It reminds me of remember stretch your mind back to the uh, the uh, guy who it was very similar. Uh, he came into the building without buzzing in. Yes, and and the, and someone in the building was like, "Do you live here?" And instead of just saying, yes, I do, and he made a big deal out of it, he made a big deal out of it and and escalated it and provoked. It's all about my race. Yeah, I do live here. Yeah. (laughs) Right. No, it's about packages getting stolen. That's what it's about. Um, Yeah. By the way, Tax Terra says, uh, we also want an unsafe space knitting, (laughs) Zoom knitting, a knitting Zoom, unsafe knitting Zoom, unsafe knitting (laughs) space Zoom. Details to come if that's okay. Tax Terror, you should reach out to me because uh, you shouldn't pay for another Zoom thing. We can work something out. Um, 
And also, Westy40, uh, I got to find the super chat, but there, oh wait, there's another super chat. Sorry, we got too many going on, which is great. Blackbeard says, thank you, Blackbeard. Thank you, Taxera. Blackbeard says, do people honestly believe that crime will somehow magically stop once police are gone? And what do we do with criminals? Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> I don't think they care, Blackbeard. I think they want more rampant crime uh, so that they, because the more upset everything is, the more they can argue that they need a socialist revolution and, you know. Yes, uh, that that's what this is all about. This has nothing to do with uh, actually helping the black community. And by the way, this is all about, you'll notice that this is all about money and it comes down to it. It's all about, they want reparations um, and they want a Marxist revolution. And, when I, and, and this is actually where the Marxism part comes in, like more classically Marxism. So we say Marxism um, as a more of a metaphor because Marx is about class struggle and they've made it about race. Um, but there is actually some... Uh, there is actually an element of actual Marxism that comes into here, which is what they do is they've combined this tribal racism with Marxism where what they say is, well, um, the lower class is synonymous with people of color. Like the poor, poor is synonymous with people of color and wealthy is synonymous with white. And so that, and then they couch, then they actually do couch their arguments in more classical Marxist rhetoric, which is, oh, the, you know, the, the oppressed working classes need to revolt against the capitalist oppressors. And by the way, oppressing working classes for them equals black and oppressors equals white. Um, so yes. they, they, they are, they do still have actually an element of more classical Marxism still, even, even today woven through. And you can see that when, when people get in arguments about this stuff. And we, I've seen some stuff on Twitter and on, on, on YouTube, um, in comments and stuff about, well, do you think... Do you think that blacks aren't worse off? Like, do you, do you think slavery hurt us and shouldn't we get some kind of reparations for that? And blah, 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 blah. Like, it's all about the money. It's all about reparations. It's all about money. It's all about money. And it's all about a Marxist revolution. That's what it's all about. And by the way, saying that you're an individualist and that people living today don't owe other people living today things that they didn't uh, <laughs> actually, like things that aren't a result of their behavior. Like, you don't owe anything today. If you didn't harm someone, you don't owe them. Uh, saying that is not the same thing as saying stuff that happened in the past had an effect on future generations. Absolutely it did. Did slavery have an effect on the black community in America? Yes. Yes. Yeah. One of the major effects is you're here and not in Africa. Another major effect is oh, you had Jim Crow laws. You had like a lot of, uh, you, you were treated horribly and started off. I say you collectively. I don't mean, it's not none of you. Anyone alive listening to this, it's not you, it's your ancestors. Like, yes, it had a bad effect. It had an effect. Um, everything has an effect in history, right? Everything's had an effect. So it's not the same saying that this was a bad thing. If you're proposing that we go back in a time machine and free the slaves and punish the slave owners, I'm all for it. Invent the time machine. Well, I'll go with you. That's a great idea. But that's not what you're suggesting. You're saying... <laughs> People who have the same skin color today as as the small percentage of people in the past who did these bad things. Oh, all the people who have the same color today, skin color, as people in the past who had that skin color who were oppressed by that small percentage. It makes no sense. That's not how, like, that's not how morality works. It's not how justice works. Justice is an individualist idea. There's no such thing as a collective justice. Unless you're a tribalist. 
This is, I was thinking about this, we've fallen at collectivism. This is tribalism. This is the primitive-based tribalism. This is, my tribe was wronged four centuries ago by your tribe. Your tribe needs to make restitution to my tribe. This is tribalism. This is pure, unadulterated, primitive tribalism, which is, is uh, gross and backward and has no place in modern discourse. Um, wait, okay. Super chat. Uh, Westy40 gives us a super chat. Westy says, you may have already answered this. Carter, do you think we're going to see a major surge in crime? Carrie, are you still connected with Hollywood? If so, has anyone reached out to you during all this? Uh, I do think there will be a major surge in crime. I think that's part of the agenda. So uh, absolutely. And so does everyone else, which is why gun sales are up and all the gun stores are empty. <laughs> everyone thinks there'll be a major surge in yes. crime. Because <laughs> there's going to be a major surge. I mean... Defund the cops. See what happens. Uh, yeah. Carrie, you can answer the part directed at you. Thank you. <laughs> I, I have a. It was I'm just a segue. It wasn't permission. Sorry. I'm not mansplaining. Yeah. I'm, I'm sending you something that I want to put on the screen in a second. Uh, yes, people from entertainment have reached out to me. And I think I mentioned in a previous episode, I spent three hours on the phone the other day with one of my friends who's an executive at a very large entertainment company. She's not the only person that just happened to be one of the most interesting conversations because she is feeling, she, she feels she's almost like a closet wrong thinker or independent, not even wrong. She's just an independent. She just and questions she's things. Trying to, yeah. She just questions things and she's trying to find a way to bring together what she views as these two sides that can't hear each other. And I totally support that. I just think that part of you, you have to be part of there. There sometimes is a bit of a naivete about my old ideology about the ones who are gung ho about it. Like you can't bring them over. There's nothing you can say because it's what we've said before. We don't ha we don't share common values. Like we value uh, a society where people can have a multi multitude of ideas and opinions and we believe in free speech and individualism and the really dyed in the wool SJW ideologues, they don't believe in that. They believe in the one true way. They are fundamentalists. They are authoritarians. They are totalitarians. They believe in forcing you to adopt their beliefs. So bringing those two, two things together, you would have to first show them what their ideology really is which is what we try to do in deprogrammed and on the show is to show them this is for the naive ones. Like this is not what you think it is. This is not about ending racism and sexism. It is racism and sexism. It is collectivism. It is authoritarianism, but the, but they're, they're the, a lot, the people leading the, the ideology, the people like my old client who I mentioned earlier, like those people, you're not going to, there's no convincing them because they don't believe in be allowing people to have different opinions. <laughs> so I don't know, but I, I definitely encourage anyone speaking in whatever way they want. And it's, it's a great thing to try and bring people over. And I think you will be able to bring some people over. That's, I wouldn't do this if I didn't believe that. It's just know that there is a very powerful part of the SJW ideology that you'll never convince. And you have to like separate those two, I think. This is the way I think of it. Like, if you watch um, Jordan Peterson videos, there's one he did with a grad student of his about some research 
um, they did on, it, it's a video called Where Do SJWs Come From? They, they didn't call it that. It was an interview with Rebel Media. Rebel Media titled the video that. But in the video, they talk about this research they did, and they basically break down SJWs into two types. They call them PC authoritarians and the PC egalitarians or PC liberals. I, I was a PC liberal or PC egalitarian. And there are some differences between the PC authoritarians and the PC liberals. And they go into like the different personality differences. Brett Weinstein kind of talks about the same thing. Um, Brett Weinstein talks about what he calls the bad actors and the useful tools, the tools. I was a tool. I'm of the belief, if you roughly think of SJWs as these two types, um, the tools, the PC liberals are the ones that I think can be reached. The bad actors, the PC authoritarians, you're never going to reach those people. Like, so you just have to be aware there's like two types of people in this ideology, and roughly speaking. And as, as someone who like discounts all the SJWs, and I'm not trying to, Carrie's doing the SJW saving, uh, I, I, I <laughs> actually, uh, I think now's a great time to, to save normies, because normies are looking at this going, do I have to, yeah. like, should I, should I say the holy sacrament that I'm being asked to say? It sounds a little bit weird. What, hey, like, what's going on? They're, they could go and fall in line, or they could be awakened and taught, the, instead of woke, and taught um, what's wrong with this ideology. We have a super chat from uh, Gentleman that says, my CPA friend put it out there last week that he will advise clients that firearms are a legit business expense for 2020. <laughs> there you go. Um, there you go. And yeah. we have a huge super chat from uh oh wow we smoke bitcoins thank you we smoke bitcoins by the way uh i mean smoking bitcoins maybe smoke <laughs> and doing bitcoins doing wait smoking and having bitcoins uh but see see how the bitcoin billionaires drop the the major super chats uh Good opinions here. The universities and media need to reform to get past all this. They are whispering nonsense into the ears of the most susceptible. Keep fighting the good fight. I'm a convert and the left and the left the left about oh from the left, I think. About a left the left about a decade ago. I get it. Wow, um, welcome. Yeah, welcome. 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 Um Well look, I mean, a decade, two decades ago, uh I maybe you don't feel this way, but I, I, I do. I look at the modern left and all I see is the religious right from the eighties. <laughs> it's like with yes. like different different ceremony. Yeah. But it's like, oh, it's you guys. Like I, yeah. how did you how did you end up on the left? Like, okay. Uh but it's the, the same it's the same people. It's the same yeah, ideology control, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, what you can speak and say and read and right. do and they know what's best and you have to go by what their one true ideology and nobody's allowed to have a different opinion. Right. And they dictate what they want to get in. They put their dirty little hands all over culture and what you're allowed to like. Right. Yeah. Engage in culture. <laughs> right. They're like, you know, the religious right was all like, who are you sleeping with? Because I don't think you're. And like the, the religious left <laughs> is just like, who are you employing? Because I think they might have a wrong thing. Like it's the same. Yeah. It's the same kind of. It's the, the same religious kind of thing. right was like, you can't play Dungeons and Dragons and don't watch the <laughs> yes! Smurfs. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, I think if you are a freedom minded person, uh, you run screaming from what the left has become today. Uh, absolutely. So yeah. And about it being in colleges, and we've talked about this before 
it's um this is why this is a long slog guys right uh there people are not being taught how to critically think at all in fact they're having their critical faculties usurped and maimed and you know and you can see this sometimes you see it explicitly when you hear a, a university professor say something like uh logic is the tool of white patriarchal oppression or whatever right they'll they'll say that they have been undermining uh rational thought for decades and decades and decades so that's why they can get away with this stuff because they say things now that on the surface you would think who in their right mind falls for this garbage but the truth is most people aren't in their right mind anymore um i don't mean that politically right i just mean you know there's um there's a there's a concerted effort look what makes okay this is why individualism matters this is just uh, I, I didn't I didn't plan this. Maybe it'll be a rant. I don't know. But this is why individualism matters. What separates humans from other animals fundamentally? What makes a human a human is our capacity to think rationally. It's our reasoning mind, right? All animals can follow the herd. Birds can follow beautifully. Uh, the flock can stay together and go all in the same place. Being as part of a, a social network. Being uh, conforming to others around us, that doesn't make us uniquely human. What makes us human is our, our, is our individual rational minds. We're the only animals whose primary tools of survival is our brain. We don't have sharp claws. We can't run super fast. We don't have thick skin. The only way we survive in reality, out in nature, is through our brains. It's through our minds. It's through our rational functioning mind that looks out at the world, identifies what's going on in reality, forms abstract concepts in order to organize it and think about it, and comes up with, with a, a theory for how it could work, tests that theory, and implements some change to the world, like makes a wheel or figures out how to build fire or build a house or whatever it is. Humans, it's our rational mind that is our defining characteristic as a species. That's what it is. And that rational mind, that functioning mind, is intrinsically an individual thing. I can't think for Carrie. She can't think for me. I can't think for you. You can't think for anyone else. That, that faculty is yours and yours alone, and you need to own it 100%. It is yours, which is why... Uh, lying or going along with opinions that you don't agree with is so psychologically damaging because you are undermining your own ability to survive in the world. You're undermining your own sense of self-efficacy because deep down psychologically, your, your mind knows that your rational brain is, is your tool for survival. And if you start undermining that and questioning it, it will affect your sense of self-efficacy. You will feel like you're incapable of dealing with the world because you're undermining your tool. And that's why this this that's why this tool is is predominantly individualistic. It's it's not predominantly, it's it's exclusively a tool of individuals. It's not a tool of groups. It's not. And so the antidote to all of this stuff 
is not, I mean, yeah, you can convince people sometimes uh, to do certain things with peer pressure or with emotional arguments or this, like, yeah, you can do all that, absolutely. But ultimately, the antidote to this is a generation of kids that are taught to rely on their own rational faculties and no one else's. It's to make their own judgments, to use their own minds, to make up their minds for themselves based on the facts, regardless of what anyone else is saying, regardless of what they're saying. It's to understand how to hold themselves accountable to facts and reality and how to stand up against pressure to say things that you don't believe in. That is the antidote. And that, more than anything else, has been what has been eradicated completely from the minds of young people in, in government schools, all the, all the way through preschool, through university. The number one focus is get rid of that. Because, by the way, the other thing that that rational faculty is, is it's a threat to the state. Independent yeah. thought is a threat to the state. And so yeah. the statists needed to eradicate it. They built schools based on prisons. They, they, they tried to give you a schedule as a kid based on uh, conformity and in designs to undermine your focus and the use of your rational faculty so that you would become more compliant, so that you'd be a good faculty worker and you would vote for the right person or be the, the kind of citizen quote they wanted. But all of that has really negative consequences besides the ones that I just mentioned. And those consequences are eventually after generations and generations, people can't see, they can't tell the difference between a patently ridiculous, stupid, racist argument and a good argument. They look at the crap the left is doing and they say, that's anti-racism because it's called anti-racism by people on <laughs> CNN. Hmm. Right? That's, it's not that their IQ is low. It's that they have been taught to not use it. They're not using it. They have been taught yes. to not use it. It's a psychological problem, not a mental problem in the sense of like yes. mental horsepower. I don't know what else to say about that. Co-signed. Uh, let's do some super chats. So uh, we have some Dungeons and Dragons fans in the house. <laughs> Ken's, Ken gave us $5. Thank you, Ken. He says, like I could love Carrie more, Dungeons and Dragons for life. Well, she's referencing, Ken, if you don't know, she's referencing my childhood during which uh, I, I, was, I was raised by very conservative right-wing Christian parents who threw my Dungeons oh. and Dragons set away. And oh, I didn't know I was referencing your. Oh, I thought you were. I thought you were making referencing. To no, oh. no, I meant they didn't let us play. No, in my where I grew up too, you weren't supposed to play Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, you weren't either. <laughs> no, no. Oh, I know. And I've talked about the... it. I didn't know you weren't either. Okay, neither. No, one. and they. Do you don't remember? They came up with all these myths about the kids who died like playing Dungeons and Dragons to scare you. Oh yeah, you no, from... I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They they it linked it to satanic cults. Like satanic and they told yeah. us uh papa smurf we couldn't watch the smurfs because it was satanism and it was yeah. communism and um there were all these th cultural things that we that the that the radical right was telling us we could not enjoy and now it's the radical left telling us this and somebody in chat makes this compare this is a great comparison two people somebody pointed out like yeah it used to be right wingers that went after harry potter and said you shouldn't read harry potter now it's the radical left going after Harry Potter because J.K. Rowling dared to say that biological sex is real. <laughs> right. Uh, so ah. left-wingers are going after Harry Potter. And uh, and then someone else pointed out, Rib pointed out, uh, yeah, Magic the Gathering. So if you're a Dungeons & Dragons fan, chances are you might be a Magic the Gathering fan. Magic the Gathering is now getting woke. And oh, is it? Are, oh, yes. 
Yes, there are certain, uh, what do you say? I've, I've, certain cards they're not going to be using now because they're racist. They're basically just, they put out a statement. They should be on that list of places that have kowtowed. <clears throat> but we already knew they were woke in a way because remember when they the SJW mob went after one of the Magic the Gathering artists because her wife is a lesbian who's an artist for Magic cards. Her wife uh, voted for Trump. Oh, and on Twitter posted some pro-Trump stuff, and they they went after and canceled ah. her. Yeah. An opinion I don't like. Um, Little Magmuffin says, Carter just described intelligent design. I love you, Little Magmuffin, but no, I did not just describe intelligent design. Hey. <laughs> uh-huh. Everything I said would uh, be saved by Richard Dawkins. Uh, probably. Um but, uh, yeah, Daniel mentions they started Magic Cards. He says, I stopped buying Magic Cards when they started editing their art for the SJW crowd. This happened a few years ago, yes. And that's when that pylon happened, too, of one of their artists. Um, I never played Magic. I have I have gotten my daughter into Dungeons & Dragons, mostly because I want to relive my own childhood, and she likes it. Uh, but, um, yeah. Jen, so Jen thank you, Jen. Yeah. Jen says, Jen gave us a super chat and says, so true, just look at speech and debate in high school i judged in college in the span of four years became reduced to sjw speaking points and debate historical argumentation yes. is out you know what i always wanted to do a show on high school debates and debate We've like speech and debate this, clubs, yeah. but we haven't i i can't like when i was growing up maybe a little bit older when i was growing up speech and debate clubs sounded like speech and debate like they sounded like you didn't talk as fast as you could. Blah, 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 blah. You weren't micro machining it. Uh, like mm-hmm. you weren't the micro machines man trying to you know or being you know weren't an auctioner. Uh, and you were trying to make rational cogent arguments. The last thing I heard of debates sounded like uh, free form, like bad free form poetry from a neurotic with too much caffeine. It was like it would just be random you know disconnected thoughts and feelings and uh, i didn't i didn't even recognize it as debate uh so that's a great example jen of uh how undermining reason as your primary tool of cognition leads to craziness and that's a very obvious one to see as you just look at a modern modern high school debate all right Carrie, what else should we talk about? Uh, so one of the things that I uh, noticed over the weekend, I mean, there's been a lot of stuff. They've started on Facebook, these groups now. If you guys haven't seen them, you can look some of these up. Um, one of them is called Out Your Local Racist. These are groups. They're a little bit different. So my some of my posts have been shared in groups before where the whole intent and purpose of the group is they sit there and they wait for someone to post something wrong, think it gets shared in the group, and then they send hundreds of people to pile on you and try and publicly shame you. Um, this is a little bit different. They're not just sitting there to shame you. They are explicitly calling you a racist, and they're targeting your workplace. So thank you to the person. I won't say who, but somebody shared this with me. Um one of the groups, the one called Out Your Local Racist, if you look through there, people are just, it, it's like the, it, it, they're turning on one another like the Stasi, right? Like it, it, the Stasi, it's like, a, it's the, they're, yeah. they're basically, they're taking 
screenshots of their friends and family and posting them in this group and saying, here's where they work, contact their work and try and get them fired. Some of them are like turning on their cousins, uh, their grandfather. I saw one. And if you look through here, you will find some that are very racist and objectionable. Yes. There are some people in there, they're screenshotting who are using the N word and other uh, slurs. And, but a half of the people in there, they're simply posting uh, that they support Trump or that they don't, uh, they don't, they don't believe they're posting stats. They don't right. believe the narrative that's being sold to them. And they're trying to have rational conversations. One of the most saddest ones I saw, this girl turned in her cousin, called him a racist, is trying to get him fired. And in, she posted screenshots of their exchanges and he's completely rational and empathetic towards her. And it's like, you know, trying to understand her point of view better and trying to explain himself. There's absolutely nothing objectionable he's saying. And his yeah. comments are based in fact, hers are not. She put him in there and was trying to get him fired. Yeah. Um, so th this is like, it, it, it's a digital form of, yeah, turning in your neighbor, trying to get them sent off to the gulag. You know, it's, um, there's... Uh, well, and this is what they do, Carrie, right? They mix in, so there's, it's intentional. You You make sure that you have some... I'm not saying that this is all orchestrated, but this is how it happens, right? You make there are actual racists in the world, right? So you mix in some vile people in there, so that there are some posts that are like clearly because I looked through it as well. There's some really racist posts in there, but then you mix them in with like milk toast stuff that's not racist at all. That's just like happy birthday, President Trump, or like asking <laughs> asking like yeah. questions about stuff, right? And you throw yeah. it all together, and then when anyone complains about it and says, this group is vile, look what they're doing to these people, they're like, you're supporting this racist, and they, they can pull out really bad stuff and say, this is what you're supporting. When, in fact, most of what you're supporting is a bunch of innocent people just getting piled upon. Um, yeah, and, and you don't know that you're in this group, that you're being targeted in this group because they're not tagging you. Right. But they are posting links to your Facebook profile and they are screenshotting where you work and they are saying, hey, the workplace still hasn't fired this guy. The boss hasn't contacted me. Everyone send more emails. Um, something similar. This this one I just wanted to share. I sent you these in uh, yeah, let me, the first one. Let me pull them up. Hold on. This was in a local group that someone sent me. It's a public local group, but I went ahead and blacked out the names just so this is the first not the one name here, of right? the artist. Yeah. So the first one is a guy who's posting in his local neighborhood group, uh, which I think I forgot. It, anyway, whatever. It's Massachusetts. He says art stolen from my front yard, and then he's he's basically like a, a reprint of an important piece of art was stolen from our front yard. It's the first in a series of art pieces that promote peace, compassion, and unity. This piece was painted by Jamar Pierre, a black man who grew up in a rough section of New Orleans. He started out as a graffiti artist. Now, with over 20 years of professional visual art experience, JP has curated exquisite masterpieces for fine art exhibits, both in the U.S. and internationally. He's currently painting a, a mural along miles of the seawall that prevented Hurricane Katrina from doing even more damage to New Orleans. And then he links to this artist, he's supporting this artist, links to his website. This piece of art is particularly meaningful to us for many reasons, a few of which include that the artist is a dear friend of mine and he is the fiancé of another dear friend and collaborates with me on a regular basis regarding his Hug It Out. Uh, where's the next one? Can you pick it up? Yeah, hold on. Uh, hold on. Okay, we 
Oh, I've got it here. Here it is. Uh, regarding his Hug It Out campaign. A mission with a goal of embracing humanity, bridging the divide, and giving people a second chance. You can listen to my podcast with JP or other people interested in helping humanity here. During a time of such, such turmoil, it was particularly hurtful to have this piece of art stolen. If you know anything about the piece of art or whoever took it could kindly replace it, we would be grateful. In addition, in response to somebody taking my sign, I have decided to print 100 more signs and give them free to those who agree to place it in the yard. Tell me if you're interested. And then he links to the website 50hugs.org. Now, this guy is taking a negative, someone stealing from him, something stealing, somebody stealing something that's very positive from him. And then he posts a picture of the art, and you can see it here. Uh, it's a it's two guys hugging. It's a black guy wearing a Black Lives Matter jacket, and then it's a a white guy wearing a MAGA hat, a Make America Great Again hat. This actually made me think of that really wonderful video of the Trump rally where they invited Hank uh, Hawk Newsom from Black Lives Matter to come up on stage, and yep. he ended up bringing the Trump crowd with him, like the Trump crowd ended up applauding for the Black Lives Matter guy. It was really beautiful and positive, And it was like all about what this is about, bridging the divide between viewpoints and helping people hear one another. So he posts this really beautiful piece of art that's been stolen. And now get this, get the, the absolute gall of this person. Here's the woman who stole his art. Now, first of all, SJWs pile on him and I'm gonna show you what some of them said later. But this woman admits to stealing his sign. Hi there, I'm the one that took your sign. I found it incredibly distasteful and problematic for reasons outlined here by multiple people, seeing it especially on Crescent Street where the wealthy white elite of our town live. I thought it was wildly irresponsible to put such a thoughtless, colorblind work of art See again, they don't like they don't want to live in a colorblind society. They want you to be racist. Uh, to put such a thoughtless, colorblind work of, toned work of art that humanizes humanizes white supremacy. How is it humanizing white supremacy exactly? Because they they consider all Trump voters to be white supremacists. Millions and millions of people they consider to be white. That's insane. This person is crazy, and yet this was the predominant kind of post in that. Well, look what she's group. saying too. It it anonymizes black people. The reason she's saying that is because the black person has their back turned, so you can't see their face, and the white person's face is visible. But you have to do that if you want Black Lives Matter to show up. Matter to show. Right. Yeah. I will preemptively say the fact that a black person created it doesn't change its disturbing message. So this again, they are liars. They say. Oh, you know, this is all about shutting up and listening to black voices and supporting black businesses and supporting black artists. Hey, guess what? Not when that black voice or that person, that black person, or that black artist doesn't support SJW ideology. They are liars. They don't care about black voices. They only care about the black voices and the white voices who preach this belief system. They're liars. Uh, I will preemptively say the fact that a black person created it doesn't change its disturbing message. Anyone can make simpering white idolizing media like this regardless of identity. And the artist is not a representative of all black people or black politics. Here's what she doesn't say. Like my ideology is. Right. My ideology no one is a representative of all, of all black yeah. people. 
Yeah, exactly, you idiot. Nobody, no, the artist is not a representative of all black people. Of course, duh. What you're trying to say is that your ideology is. You, you, anyway, I would be more than happy to replace your sign with something less blatantly racist, says the racist, made by a black artist, or have, say, a, an approved, an SJW approved black artist is who she means, or have further conversation about why this sign is horrible. That goes for everyone who has requested a sign. I would strongly urge you not to make more prints and consider why a town full of white people with MAGA sympathizing iconography in their front yards isn't the move. They don't want you to humanize Trump voters. They want you to dehumanize them. Yeah. Um, okay. And then just I'll just read part of the next one because this is – I just wanted to show you what the majority of – actually, go to the last one I sent you. guys. I got this one out this of one. order. Um, he says, I am posting in regards. Yeah. yeah. So most of the comments in there were from SGWs. I'm posting in regards to the recent controversy around the yard sign. I'm addressing, oh, there's a name. Anyway, I'm addressing Billy directly, but I wanted to post on this community page because I think this is a really important conversation for this town to be engaging with. The fact that this is the sign you chose to put in your front yard is problematic on so many levels. By the way, Carter, I just realized the video you showed early earlier of the Filipino guy putting his own art on his own the front of his house. Yep. And the, listen to the parallels here. They think it's perfectly okay to deface your property and steal your art. Well, remember, private if, personal property, private property, is a, a white supremacist idea, and that if, I'm not being hyperbolic. That's what they think. That's what they think. Yeah, they th they they're total hypocrites. Total hypocrites. On the one hand, they're like, rightly so, they're saying, "Hey, this guy who was spray painting Black Lives Matter on or stenciling it in, in in the front of his home has the right to do that because it's his private property." Yeah, you're correct. He does. It's his private property. Then on the other hand, they're saying we have the right to come onto your private property and steal, deface whatever we want if we don't agree with you. Right. <laughs> what? Um, okay, it's problematic. First, the sign itself humanizes white supremacy and fascism. How does it do that? By asking the viewer to empathize with an emotional Trump supporter. See how they just so casually, so casually strip the words white supremacy and fascism of meaning? This is actually really harmful to calling out white supremacy when you label 60 million people, what is it, 63 million people white supremacists because they voted for someone you didn't. Um, by asking the viewer to empathize with an emotional Trump supporter while anonymizing the black person hugging him, the image implies that empathizing with racist white people, as if all Trump voters are racist and as if they're all white people, uh, is somehow the solution when these are people who quite literally do not see black people as human. Excuse me, let me back up a second. You're the person who don't see black people as individuals. I'm not going to use your hyperbole and say not as human. But you just completely stole a black artist piece of art. And then and you guys are saying he doesn't have a voice. He doesn't represent black people. He doesn't get, you know, you do not see black people as individuals. You don't see white people as individuals either. You don't see anyone as individuals. But this is projection. This is what they're saying. Um, it goes on. Yeah. Uh, no, but we I, don't have to read the whole thing. You guys can guess it. But this is happening on a wide scale. There's a lot of stuff going on like this. I think that artists should press charges 
He's oh, very absolutely. graceful, she's, she's very admitted. forgiving. She's admitted yeah. she stole it. They should absolutely press charges. Yeah. Yeah, totally press I, charges. You, you have to hold people accountable for this because otherwise you have to set an example. You have to say this, this is not legal. And yes, right. I'm going to pursue it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I wonder, I wonder, maybe the artist will make another one where a black person is wearing the MAGA hat and a white person is wearing the Black Lives Matter jacket right. that can piss them off even more. Yeah. Um, a couple of super chats I want to get to because uh, we got we got some while you're going. Uh, Sylvia, thank you, Sylvia. Sylvia says, yep, ex-partner posting pics of people he knows as well as strangers he finds online, asking his followers to go harass them. Sad, pathetic. As always, thanks for your work, guys. Uh, yeah. Thank you very I, much. We've seen a lot of this, and I think it's just going to get worse. By the way, take take your Facebook crap down. Take all of your work stuff down. They, like people should not have any information about you on Facebook. Uh, like, I, I, just be very, very careful with Facebook uh, because it, it's like I saw one of a, a daughter sharing her dad's stuff. Like, it's family is doing this to each other. Yeah. Facebook is not worth it. It's not worth it. It's just not. The only reason I'm on Facebook, honestly, there's only one reason I'm on Facebook. It's to manage the unsafe space page. That's it. I can't have the unsafe space page if I don't have a Facebook account. I would have deleted my account yeah, a long time what ago. What about Twitter? Would you delete Twitter? No, because there's not. it's not as personally identifiable, right? Well, see, I, I both of mine are personally identifiable. I don't I don't really see a difference between them. And I have, I'm better on Facebook than I am on Twitter and pointing out this old ideology. So it's not just, I mean, I'm on there because of unsafe space, but also because I have a problem with brevity. It's a better platform for me to talk about this stuff, I guess. But yeah, I mean, anyway. I'm not. I'm just saying, like, the identifiable stuff that I care about, like, yeah, is uh, children's names, family members' names, good friends. Like, oh, I actually, I, see. I took yeah. a bunch of stuff down because I'd invested in a lot of companies, and mm -hmm. I don't want someone trying to through my profile and harass the companies that I had been involved in in the past right. who have nothing to do with me. Probably a lot of them totally disagree with this entire show, right? But, you know, they're there and they'll get harassed. Um, so, yeah, just be careful. Just be careful. Uh, so that, thank you, Sylvia, for that super chat. Um, hold on, there's, there's more. Oh, thank you, guys. Daniel Keene. Wow. Daniel says... Is this mob mentality and social media lynchings going to get people to start keeping their private life private again? I would love for that. I would love for that. That's kind of what I mean by Facebook. Like, I'm going to turn Facebook just into the place where I talk about unsafe space stuff and have arguments. And, like, there's no there's no personal information there. And, like, fine. Um, you know, that, that would be fine. You know, you can have your own little telegram group for your family <laughs> if you want to have family stuff or something like that. Um, you don't need Facebook. Let's see another super chat. Hey, Lime, Liam. Uh, thank you. He says, do Obamagate hearings encourage Dems and fake news outlets to encourage riots harder? So Obamagate is totally ignored before Trump re-election or if Trump is not reelected, no more Obamagate at all. Uh, yeah, I probably, I mean, I, 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 they, we definitely know that they like to have distractions when anything like that is going on. And there are hearings happening right now about um, the wiretapping, which probably no one pays attention to uh, because, 
you know, these protests and protest riots are splashed all over the news. So yeah, I think you're probably right. I think that's that probably plays a that's a, that's a factor. If you're CNN, certainly they would rather not cover that in the first place. So anything that they can yeah. cover that's better th- for their agenda, they will. Um, I yeah. mean, nobody knows that. Did, did Clinton? Did Hillary testify? I don't even know. No, but I think she's going to have to testify now. But I don't think she actually okay. testified yet. But you know what? I want to read. Can I read something for a minute? Yeah. This book is called Return of the Primitive. You probably can't see it. I can see it. Okay. Um, There's an essay not written by Ayn Rand. This is written by Peter Schwartz. I'm not going to read the whole essay, but it actually is quite short if you want to read it. But I just want to read a few things about it because this was written in 1963. So we're talking, what, 50 years ago? Over 50 years ago, all right? Okay. Um, and the reason that they're writing, that he's writing about this is he is concerned about the rise of racism in the United States. Racism is the lowest, most crudely primitive form of collectivism. It is the notion of ascribing moral, social, or political significance to a man's genetic lineage. The notion that a man's intellectual and and characterological traits are produced and transmitted by his internal body chemistry, which means, in practice, that a man is not to be judged by his own character and actions, but by the characters and actions of a collective of ancestors. Hmm. Where have we seen that? Racism claims that the content of man's mind, not his cognitive apparatus, but its content, is inherited. That a man's convictions, values, and character are determined before he's born by physical factors beyond his control. This is the caveman's version of the doctrine of innate ideas or of inherited knowledge, which has been thoroughly refuted by philosophy and science. Racism is a doctrine of, by, and for brutes. It is a barnyard or stock farm version of collectivism appropriate to mentality that differentiates between various breeds of animals, but not between animals and men. Um, I'm going to skip one one more thing. Um, Like every other form of collectivism, racism is a quest for the unearned. It is a quest for automatic knowledge, for an automatic evaluation of men's character that bypasses the responsibility of exercising rational or moral judgment, and above all, a quest for an automatic self-esteem or pseudo-self-esteem. To ascribe one's virtues to one's racial origin is to confess that one has no knowledge of the the process by which virtues are acquired, and, most often, that one has failed to acquire them. The overwhelming majority of racists are men who have earned no sense of personal identity, who can claim no individual achievement or distinction, and who seek the illusion of a tribal self-esteem by alleging the inferiority of some other tribe. Now, by the way, he was talking mostly, I mean, he talks later about white trash. He's talking about the South, and he's talking about white people uh, being racist against blacks. I I read that this morning and I thought this is exactly exactly what is happening right now in terms of how white people are viewed white people are viewed 
their morale, how their morality is viewed, how they're viewed morally. Um, it's different than the racism that was against blacks, although very, very, very similar. Very similar. I just wanted to share that with, with you guys. It's also, this is why they are, just to belabor this point for anyone new, this is why they, it's so important for them to redefine racism. Yes. They, and they've been doing it for decades. I was preaching their new definition 20 years ago. Um, it's now being changed in the dictionary. Finally, they've finally won that dictionary finally. fight. It doesn't mean they've changed what racism is. They haven't. We know what racism is, but they've changed. Well, but future they're generations trying to won't. change it. Future generations, yeah, they're trying to change it in your mind, where it's this thing that is impossible against one specific race. Mm -hmm. Where, where could that possibly go wrong? Like, yeah. Yeah, and and you know they, like we've talked about before, they've been changing definitions for a while. But uh, this is this is going to be a tough one, and it's going to be tough to actually fight because they're going to start pointing to the definition um, and say, "Well, we're yeah. not racist." So um, it's the fallacy of authority, right? Or like, yeah, look, the dictionary says argument from authority. By the way, that's why I never, when I would have arguments with them, I never pointed to the dictionary anyway. I saw people used to try and do that to argue with them and tell SJWs, well, look at what the dictionary says. I'm like, you don't want to be pointing to the dictionary because the dictionary is going to get woke. <laughs> well, I and mean, but here's the thing. Yeah. Among among like rational, honest people, starting with dictionary definitions is often a good way to have a discussion. Like, okay, well, let's make sure we're on the same page about this definition. And usually page, you can just right. open up the dictionary and, and, and read it. But now we're going to have to start these discussions with, well, we're not even on the same page as the definition of racism. Like, we can't even open the dictionary and start there because we don't agree. By the way, thank you for the super chat. Sleeping Forest says, um, did you hear about the black man in Paris who was killed the same way Floyd was and then in Spain only days later? I did not. Um, I did not either. I did not hear about them. Are they, I assume they're protesting. I mean, they were already protesting in Spain and Paris for who knows what reason. Uh, in, in solidarity with their socialist brothers overseas, but uh, I didn't hear. I didn't hear this. I assume there's protests or something. Um, I, I, my understanding though is like a lot of European nations, cops don't even carry guns. I mean, I, I know Floyd wasn't killed, but police have already been uh, shackled to some extent in, in a lot of places in Europe. I think, unless it's unless it comes to enforcing <laughs> social media wrong think rules in which case they will send two officers to your house in the uk and make sure that you're fined and, and attacked uh oh carter i have to take a break i'll be right back <laughs> thank you for that vague description <laughs> gary has to take a break um i want to talk about a couple things this is not new you guys know this because you've probably uh you've seen it but so we've ha we've now had also a lot of cancelations cancellation. So it's uh, it's not just people who are getting fired. It's uh, television shows, movies, and stuff getting canceled. I, I assume most people saw this. Did you see the um, HBO pulled? They pulled the Gone with the Wind uh, movie from their streaming service, which. So a couple things about the Gone with the Wind. Let me pull up the, the article for that, actually. Well, actually, I can't find that one. doesn't matter. HBO pulled, 
pulled that article or sort of pulled that movie from their streaming service. Now, this was the first movie that uh, a black actor won an Oscar for. So uh, the woman who played Mammy, uh, Hattie McDaniel, she won Best Supporting Actress. This was the first time a black person won a role. And of course, they pulled this down. And here's this is just to give you some hope uh, that these are a small minority of people. And it's not everyone. It's not everyone in the country uh, that has this ideology. It's, it's a small group of, of people. Um, let's take a look at, I'm just going to show you what I noticed immediately after, immediately after they, immediately after they canceled this. Huh? What are we talking about now? I'm talking about canceling, um, uh, what's the movie? Gone with the Wind. I'm sorry, guys. I'm I'm farting a little bit. Immediately after they canceled the movie, I happened to go on to Apple TV. And you know what I saw? Guess what movie was trending? Gone with the Wind. (laughs) Gone with the Wind. (laughs) That's odd. So there's a little bit of a Streisand effect. And then I saw an article this morning from Fox News, assuming it's true, uh, that actually it is now, since that movie's been canceled uh, from HBO, it's now Amazon's best-selling movie since it's been removed from streaming. So there are a lot of people who don't buy into this, uh, and there's enough of them that they can move yeah. trends on both Apple TV and on Amazon. So that's not, everything's not as bad as you think it is, although I do think we're going to have to separate. Uh, but, you know, Carrie it, doesn't. That's, yeah, that goes back to my point from the beginning, which is I think th- there's a lot of bad and there's a lot of good in them activating this everywhere in the way that they've done which is some of the good they're waking people up people want to see that movie now they want to judge for themselves should i be allowed to watch this or not you know or is this like the radical right and the smurfs right (laughs) right keith thank you for the super tech keith keith sent Keith sent the episode i made called meeting blm demands to his mom because that's what you do uh, he sent it to his mom. She said, Carter at his best. Great analysis and fact check. She was shadow ban unsubscribed and has resubscribed. YouTube is messing with mom. Now I'm really mad. Donation for um, mom. <laughs> Thank you, Keith. Thank you, Keith's mom, Thank you, for Keith. watching. Well, this is a good time to remind people if you think, if you joined us midstream, if you think you're subscribed, scroll down and see if you still are because they've been unsubscribing people from our channel, including me. So yep. just check it and see. And also, I just do a mid-show plug. If you uh, want to support the show financially, you can do Super Chat. Somebody asked in a comment, they said, forgive my age or whatever, but can I do Super Chats after the fact? No. So Super Chat is something you do during a live stream. If you have a YouTube account, you can donate like people are doing today. Um, but otherwise, you can also always go to unsafespace.com and to the Support Us page. We have different ways to donate. One of those is through Subscribestar, and you can do a tip or you can do like a monthly like a dollar a month or whatever. And we really appreciate it. If you're new here, that's why we have a new laptop and we're about to have a new camera. (laughs) Yes. Um, Hold on. There's another super chat that I got to pull up. And then I want to go to some, Oh, Beverly, Beverly says, thank you, Beverly. She says, I'll gladly run a D and D one shot or multiple sessions for you guys sometimes, but I have an improv background. So be prepared for a lot of role play. That's great. So I'm in this weird position now, Beverly, where 
I've been tr- I've tried to run a couple of campaigns and I have, but I've never actually played. I've never been a I was never allowed to play. So I never actually had the experience of playing. So I've tried to run a couple for my daughter, but I'm sure I'm horrible because I don't know what I'm doing really. Uh so I would love to actually <laughs> play with someone who knows what they're doing. Um so uh, sorry, they canceled Gone with the Wind. Paramount canceled okay. Cops. I'm just making a small list here. Paramount canceled Cops. Uh and it, by the way, in its place, they uh, they ran Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2. I'm surprised that they're not getting in trouble for not running Ghostbusters 2016 version uh, for that. Um, A&E... The version? Yeah, the, yeah. A&E has adopted not to air new p- episodes of Live PD. Paw Patrol... No, Paw Patrol was not canceled. But Paw Patrol did... Uh, they did virtue signal a little bit. Paw Patrol said... In solidarity of amplifying, amplifying melanated voices, we will be muting oh. our content until June 7th to give access for black voices to be heard so we can continue to listen and further our learning. Hashtag amplify black voices. Muted and listen. So many problems here. Can I just, just quickly hammer them out? We don't need to do a long thing. No, no, thing, these, but this is anti-racist, Carrie, voices, so there can't be problems. So I don't voices, think you understand. No, there are pro- voices are not, voices don't have melanin. A, that's a stupid <laughs> phrasing that they're trying to, I've seen that everywhere lately. B, you're not trying to amplify black voices. It, just like we pointed out in the other thing, you wouldn't put up. It, you're trying to amplify SJW Candace voices. Candace Owens has a great will, video they can amplify. Yeah, they will not amplify any voice that's not SJW. So this is a lie. Just say it. We're trying to amplify SJW voices, black and white ones, right? But they won't amplify any voice that disagrees. Um, what's the other thing? Read, read the last part. There was something else they said there about lear- oh, learning and educating yourself. This isn't about learning and educating right. yourself. This is about conforming and being indoctrinated and actually shutting off your brain and not thinking. I have, I, I'm so tired of these corporations virtue signaling. They don't, um, I mean, they don't actually care, which I guess is good. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of them are just virtue signaling. So the other thing, did you see that the Friends creator, Mar- Marta Kaufman, you know, the show Friends, which I never really yeah. liked, but apparently... I never liked it either. I'm one of the... Oh, good. You and I are the weirdos. I didn't like that show. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, uh, it was very popular. She apologized for the lack of diversity in in the show. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I knew that what I know today, she said tearfully. It's a long time coming. Sorry, I I just wish I knew that what I know now. I would have made me. So when I was an SJW, I used to, I was on these feminist message boards and I had printouts of some of these. We've been talking about for a while doing like giving, putting up, doing an embarrassing SJW past episode where we read through some stuff. Um, I used to go on message boards and lecture people over a decade ago, longer, maybe 15 years ago about, um, about how friends was, you know, all about white people and discriminated against people of color. Like I went through and critiqued pop culture the way that they do. And they think they're doing such great work, you know, uh, trying to, yeah, trying to attack pieces of, even even though I didn't like that show, I still don't like that show. It's it's, it's like, come on. It's I did not, not like it because it wasn't representative enough. Right. Um, well, along the, lines, the same lines, since we're doing pop culture now, Little Britain, which is used to be one of my favorite comedy sketch shows, and one of the reasons is because they made they made fun of everyone and they did hilarious impersonations of all kinds of people. They've now they used to they uh they played women. They they haven't yet apologized for playing women, by the way. 
uh, they play people of color. They just issued an apology, and they've pulled Little Britain. And and they just said, uh, oh gosh, what, I think it was David, not Matt. He just made a big apology, essentially for acting, for portraying people of color in this comedy show. They also portrayed, by the way, a guy in a... They they portrayed women. They portrayed a guy in a wheelchair. They haven't apologized for that yet. They uh, portrayed fat people. They haven't apologized for that yet. They're going to have to apologize for all this because it's all part of the same ideology. If they apologize for one... By the way, there's just going to be like a blanket statement for actors like, I apologize for playing someone other than myself. Other than myself, (laughs) yes. Because again, intersectionality ultimately breaks down to the individual. That's what, if you take it to its logical conclusion, they're going to have to apologize for playing... Uh, Vicky Pollard is basically a white trash character. They haven't apologized for that. Uh, they, 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 they played a ba- one of my favorite sketches is gosh, what's this? What's this character's name? They play uh, a very bad uh, transvestite, not a transgender woman, a tra- like a man who likes to dress as a woman. Okay. They and and it's hilarious because he's just obviously a man. They're that one's coming soon. They're going to have to apologize for that. I'm sure. Um, but. They're stripping comedy from everything. It's it's I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of amazing what we're witnessing. Well, it's but, hey, there's that means there's a business opportunity here. If you want to be funny and you have guts to be funny, and you have guts, go do it. Um, thank you to uh, loquacious primate who says recently found you guys through Carrie's interview with Carlin. I think Carlin, not Catherine, uh, which was shared on. Nerdrotics Friday stream. Keep up the great work. SJWism is about social control and a danger to liberal democracy. Yeah, there's Thank nothing you, liberal Craig. about social justice. <laughs> social justice is, is not liberal at all. Uh, it is authoritarian, and uh, you will see. You will see that the more it progresses. Wombat of Doom also gives us a super chat. Thank you, Wombat. This is for any Carter rants that I missed while I had to go into caretaker mode. I don't know if you missed any. It wasn't a big rant day for me. Uh, so I don't know if you missed any, uh, Carrie, since we do sometimes talk about politics, uh, oh, wait, I made Wombat's chat really small. That's weird. Since we do one last thing, uh, I I think people should go and start, you know how, uh, we talked about the woman who was compiling the list of companies that have kowtowed Mm -hmm. to, uh, SJW ideology. I think we should make a list of all the comedians who have. Because there's so many it's of them. I mean, we talked about right. Conan O'Brien earlier. It's just, ugh, it's become disgusting. Um, little Britain, come on, guys. Uh, kids in the, Have the kids in the hall apologized yet? I haven't checked to see. Somebody mentioned kids in the hall. I Someone hope they don't. Someone mentioned Faulty Towers, too. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think they have. Um, but, yeah, it, it's a really sad thing to watch comedians bend the knee because the whole job of a comedian is to poke fun of what's taboo right and to expose truth through humor in a way like and just to make you laugh the number one point is to make you laugh and when little britain they are equal opportunity offenders that's what you know it's not like every we did a show where we exclusively made you know dressed in in blackface or brownface and did portray people of color no that was like one small part of they made they portrayed everyone (laughs) Yeah, you know, I was I was thinking we've been talking about uh, colorblind stuff lately, and because I know colorblind is a bad word for social justice warriors, don't want you to be colorblind. They want you to, you know, color to be the focus of everything. And 
I don't know that colorblind was actually ever the true goal. We were, I don't, like, it was, it was being colorblind with respect to um, moral judgments was the, moral judgments, that was the true goal. And that, right, like, the way you treat people. You can do, but, like, no one was suggesting that you, we didn't notice that each other was different. And that's where actually a lot of humor came from. It was like, it was this acknowledgement that, hey, you're different than this person, but you're both, you're both, you both deserve respect. You're both equal. But there's differences, and those differences were often exploited by a lot of good comedians. Um, and it's don't so don't fall for it when they're like, well, you can't possibly because they'll say you can't possibly be colorblind, and that's kind of true. You can't like unless you're blind, you can't possibly be colorblind. You're going to notice someone's color, but that's not what that meant. We didn't mean no one yeah. ever meant like you're gonna not notice. What we meant was you're gonna not care. <laughs> There's a difference. You're not going to care. <laughs> There's a difference. Yeah, and they try, you're absolutely right. They try and conflate those two things. And they will say, uh, because every you're not blind and you can see a person's face, therefore, you should treat them differently. <laughs> <laughs> therefore, you should judge them and treat them differently because we're none of us are blind. <laughs> we can see race. It's like, duh, colorblind means it doesn't matter. You're not going to treat people differently. Right. You're not going to judge them differently. <laughs> Someone in chat just asked if milk is still racist. Probably. Um, Probably. EC Homer, thank you for your super chat. He wants to know if we're gonna, they're going to uh, pull Trudeau. For <laughs> No, because he speaks their ideology. It's, it's okay for them to be racist. It's okay for them to be racist. It's just not okay. And by the okay. way, when he wore blackface, it wasn't part of a comedy show. He's not a comedian. He's just a person made a really stupid... It was a dumb Halloween costume or something, right? I don't know. Um. Yeah. Uh, there was more than once that he wore blackface. Oh, was there? I try not to. I try to yeah. pay as little attention to Justin Trudeau as I possibly Justin can. Trudeau. <laughs> <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> you, you, if you find yourself at a point in life where you need to care about what Justin Trudeau is doing, unless you live in Canada, uh you may want to reconsider your priorities. Okay, one quick thing about Justin Trudeau, and then I'm letting you get onto your important point. I all the important point? Oh, the crap. woke, I thought you were getting to one. All Probably. the SJWs that I follow, that I still follow, and many who I used to know in real life, some of whom I represent, they've all they've always tried to, they always try. You know, you know. Okay, you like you know homophobic, uh, like I'm thinking I'm thinking of in the past like some homophobic Republican. Um, politicians who used to speak a lot about anti-gay stuff because they were hiding the fact right, they that get they were caught, engaging. You know, slipping notes underneath the right. bathroom door or whatever, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's like, wow, thou doth protest too much, right? You're always talking about this and what are you trying to hide? Okay, so the SJ, a lot of the female SJWs that I follow, they're always talking about how hot Justin Trudeau is. I'm like, why are you talking about that so much? It's like you're trying to convince us that you believe that. <laughs> and it's like you're trying to convince yourself <laughs> That you believe that there's nothing hot about that man. He's, it's I don't understand. I know everyone has different. I totally get different preferences being attracted to. I just can't wrap my head around finding him attractive <laughs> at all. And I and I think the fact that they're always talking about it, it's like makes it suspect. Yeah, yeah it makes it suspect. It's like the feminist men who are always talking about being feminist. I'm like, what are you trying to hide? Yeah. <laughs> um. By the way, thank you to Ken. Ken in super chat says. Uh, being in here is like swimming in a nice, warm, logical bath. 
False. Logical oh, baths oh. are not warm. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Ken. Yeah, I, you know what? There's an awful lot of projection. I mean, I, it's probably not just in the social justice community. I think there's projection. Humans project often, especially if you've got psychological issues. Uh, you do a lot of projecting. If you're not comfortable with yourself, you often project. And honestly, I think the best way to predict what social justice warriors are going to do, if you want to predict what the left's going to do, just look at the stuff they're accusing everyone else of, because inevitably that's the stuff they end up getting caught doing all the time. I mean, you saw it with even with Trump's election. Oh, he's going to not accept the results of the election. Who didn't accept the results of the election? <laughs> right? Like, it's all the time. Oh, he's colluding with Russia. Actually, who was colluding with Russia? Russia like it's it's uh it's one projection after another um and I think the racism thing on the left my suspicion is that a lot of the uh white woke leftists are actually not just racist because they adopt SJWI ideology but racists in their hearts they are racist and they project out it's like the guys you know the guys who get caught for for uh sexual impropriety uh, not just impropriety like rape or assault or some like horrible thing right they they're always like we men have to do better and it's like no 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 no, no dude you have to do better yeah. we men don't do, do that you did that don't project your dysfunction yeah. onto the rest of us it's the same thing these these leftist um these these leftist quote i'm gonna say quote anti-racist it's they're really good marketing it's not they're not anti-racist but these leftist quote anti-racist they are projecting they're like oh there's there's uh this yeah. white supremacy is everywhere there's institutionalized racism they're keeping the black man down i'm starting yeah. to wonder if are, is that what you're doing like are you actually yeah. really racist yes. are you like are, is this a confessional are you just telling us do. openly what's going on in your psychology because that's disgusting yeah. no they do and i've seen it even over the past week on twitter there are guys doing it exactly what you're saying they're like they're like i admit i saw oh gosh i saw this uh young kid he he uh i can't remember who tagged me in this there's been so much stuff the past few days tagged me in this this white kid who or young man who was saying you know i have to admit i'm here to confess on my personal page that when I'm driving and I pass a black person, I lock my doors. And I was like, dude, that's weird that you do that. Like, <laughs> why are you saying? And he's like, basically, like, white people have to stop. To, why are you speaking for me? <laughs> so I have a I have a theory that did not come only for me. Uh, Mike Cernovich talked about this theory, but um, and he was really talking about Republicans more. But I'm actually thinking this is a I actually see this on the left. I think there's a submissive fetish going that's like tied in with all of this. I think there are people who um, they've this is why they're bowing and washing feet and like taking a knee. They've got some sort of innate self hatred, maybe because they're really quite racist. Like I don't know, maybe maybe they're maybe they really look down upon black people for some reason. Maybe they're actually quite racist. A lot of these rich liberals who don't hang out with blacks very much, and you know yes. they're in. The Presidio or wherever, right in San Francisco. That's, like that's also, by the way, that's why they believe all black people have the same opinion because they don't actually know any black person who doesn't have that, that right. opinion because they right. don't know very many. Black people. Coates says it, so it must be true. So, uh, like I, I'm, I actually wonder if they're really having this like deep seated racism and all of this stuff is just performative uh, submissiveness. This is just them getting off on like, look, I can be humiliated publicly by kissing the ring of black power 
uh, and yeah. it's disgusting, and it's your little fetish, and you should keep it to yourself. And if you want to go <laughs> do that in your bedroom, I support your right to do whatever fetish you want to do in your bedroom. But don't you don't write curriculum about it. You, our kids yeah. don't need your fetish made into curriculums yeah. for for curriculum for them to go, you know, learn to be equally self hating. Um, it's it's pretty disgusting. It's pretty disgusting. Yeah, Mid- Midwestern girl brings up. She says, "Remember that Facebook page Carrie's friend found that involved rather fetishy stuff." Yeah, for you guys who haven't seen our old episodes, there's a group on Facebook. It's I'm sure it's exploding with people now. It's called White Guilt Trading Post. Oh, that one. And it's a and it's a group where seriously where they've figured out how to monetize SJW ideology. Um, a lot of people figured that out. But this in in this way in this group. Um, Anybody who's not white can post something and say like, hey, I need $30 because I want to go get my nails done. And then they'll be like, pay up, pay piggies. And then all these white people who consider themselves pay piggies like come in and give them money and are like, you know, yes, I'm a pay pig. Like it's really fetish. It's something very sexualized about it. It's really creepy. Like you said, it's about being dominated. Yeah, and 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 they talk and they want to be talked down. They want to be talked down to. Yeah, they yeah and, they want to be yeah. they want to be. There's there's no better word. They're subs. It, they're subs. They just want to be yeah. like like they just want to be subby publicly. They want to be publicly submissive. Um, yeah, and uh, you know, I don't know if it's natural or if they've been like beaten into submission somehow through. Uh, friends and and people around them but uh it is kind of gross it is kind of gross i don't need yeah. to see it uh you want to go wash someone's feet do it on pornhub like i don't <laughs> i don't need it on cnn <laughs> right? i don't need it on cnn <laughs> <laughs> go to your foot fetish community <laughs> yeah go that's fine i support your right but you know I, don't try and don't try and push it in in schools right <laughs> Right. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Carrie, I don't know. I, I, I guess we could end it, but I wanted to, there was one like news item I wanted to bring up, and I don't know how to work okay. it in because it's kind of disjointed, so maybe I shouldn't bring it in. Uh, we could do it on the next one. It's not that, it's not that big of a deal. I'll, I'll bring it up. It's small. The Supreme Court, did you see the r- r- LBGT ruling in the Supreme Court? I did. Let's talk about it. So the Supreme Court ruled that it is illegal to fire someone based on their sexual orientation or uh, their trans status, their uh, identification as a trans person or whatever. Um, This might get me in trouble with a lot of the classical liberal types on the show. I don't like Like me. Yeah. I don't like this decision. Uh, I think you should be able to fire people for whatever reason you want. It can be a racist reason. It can be a sexist reason. It can be a transphobic reason. You should be allowed to fire anyone you want for any reason you want. Unless you have a contract that says otherwise, in which case you should go to court for violating your contract. Um, it doesn't mean I want in a world live in a world where people get fired for stuff. Uh, I would rather live in a world in which it, it, it would be completely reasonable for companies to have agreements generally, like... Even big companies like Amazon, we won't do business. We won't carry your products if you don't agree to not fire people for these. Like, that will be fine, right, and, and enforceable. But I don't want the state getting involved in who you can and can't hire. I think it's a bad decision. Um, you should, you know, 
your company is an extension of yourself. It is you have a right to do what you want with it. It's it it violates the freedom of association uh, idea. You should be able to fire people for any reason, even a bad one, legally. Morally, should you? No. And uh, if I ran a company, and I, I would I would totally want to be part of an environment in which. Uh, not only did we not do that, but we asked the other people that we did business with didn't do that. And we could have uh, our own agreements with people, right, about what the rules are and what's acceptable and what's not. Unions might actually get into negotiations and, and do some things there as well. But um, the idea that the government has a role to play and tell you what is a valid, uh, like who you have to associate with in your business, there's nothing different than fundamentally like fundamentally i know people are going to not see this parallel but fundamentally there is no philosophic difference between the supreme court saying you can't fire someone for being gay than saying you can't you have to marry someone for being like you can't not marry someone right you can't like there's no difference saying like well you only don't want to marry them because they're trans like yes that's a reason <laughs> right that might be a reason why you don't want right. to marry someone like there's no fundamental difference between Firing, like hiring them as a company or doing anything with them. That is your right to associate with whom you want. Racist and horrible people will associate with people that they want. And I would push culture in the direction where we don't do that. I don't, I would never fire someone for being uh, gay or trans. I might fire someone for having a radical social justice ideology if I could get away with it. Because I think it's destructive and harmful to the workplace and it's racist. But uh but not for their, their gender or their sexuality. I don't want to know right. their gender or sexuality, but I don't, but there's a difference. And this is the, and this, I think this is what separates individualism, like the thinking of an individualist from the thinking of a statist. There's a difference between what's moral and what's legal. There needs to be a difference. And that's the argument I'm going to make. Yeah. Um, well, as someone who I guess is more of the classical liberal, I don't disagree with you. We've kind of talked about this before. I mean, I talked about I've I've been fired um, from one job uh, because I'm my beliefs were wrong, right? Like they found out I didn't vote for Beto, and that and then everything started changing, right? I and <clears throat> but I think they should have. Been, and we I'm in an at will state, and actually one of the things he said was me to me was I don't have to give you a reason. I'm in an at will state. Um, yeah. And and do you can fire the the thing about the thing about saying you can't fire people for these reasons, but you can for these is is like where does that line? Then you get people who who rightly are like, well, hey, wait a minute, if you can't fire me for being a woman, then you also shouldn't be able to fire me for being a wrong thinker, right? Well, I don't I I actually don't I I think that they should be able to fire you. I'm like you like for whatever oh, okay. I don't. And there's a difference between, like you've pointed out, between what's what is legal and what's moral. I think it should be legal. I don't think it's moral. No. I don't think it's moral to fire someone for their sex, their sexuality, their race, their religion, any of those things. I, I don't think it's moral or ethical. Right. But like you said, society evolves. Like People stop frequenting businesses of their own accord that discriminate and and I think it's a, a short step to making people, to forcing people to also perform services they don't want to perform, like like the cake baker like who waxing. did not want to make a, <laughs> right? Or like okay, so two 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 examples. And <clears throat> if you guys are new to our channel, these are two great examples. If you want to 
again, ask an SJW a question that might make them think, but more than likely it's just going to fry their brain because they don't know the answer. Um, they know what they think about the cake baker, the Christian cake baker who didn't want to be forced to make a wedding cake for a gay wedding, like perform this service, make this cake, right? They think that's wrong because they confuse. They think that everything that they think is immoral should be illegal. Um, so they say, and, and, uh, you know, well, he should, he should be forced to make the cake, right? Ask them about the question of the, um, ask them about the question of the, the Muslim woman who was fired for not wanting to perform a service, not wanting to wax the genitals of a trans woman and watch their heads explode. Because literally the way they, they choose is because their ideology, their sense of morality is based on this whole identity politics hierarchy. They don't know where to put Muslim woman and trans woman on the hierarchy yet. And they're kind of like an even, right? So so they don't know. Do we come down on the side of the Muslim woman or the trans woman? It's not about principles to this them. This is it's the kind not of thing that's whether, hotly contested in, yeah. around the campfire at SJW cookouts. At SJW cookouts. Which one's more oppressed? <laughs> that's also how they vote, by the way. They just vote based on identity and who has the more oppression points most yep. of the time. Um, but they don't know. They're like, which one has the more oppression points? I don't know which one to choose, trans woman or Muslim woman. They're, they're not choosing based on principle. They're not there are no forming opinions. There are no principles. Yeah. Right. Which is part of the, to circle all the way back, that's part of the bad philosophy that's been taught in schools. Like you, people have become pragmatists, not principled. And so the left basically now believes in no principles. So it, the end justifies the means completely. And it's a completely, uh, they don't have any moral guilt about that. Uh, so whatever they need to say or do in order to tear down what they view as an oppressive capitalist system, that, that gets done. Um, thank you, Sylvia, for the super chat. Sylvia says, Imagine, we've all been watching live-action fetish porn masquerading as moral racial repentance. Yes, we have. We have. <laughs> we've all watched porn together. Isn't that disgusting? Ew. Yes, we have. But, but fetish. <laughs> that's, that's what we've done. Keith the Hat Guy, thank you again, Keith. Keith says... SCOTUS' opinion violated the First Amendment right to not assemble. Yes. Yes, it did. Uh, it did. And, um, you know, again, what's written down on paper as laws is irrelevant if the culture is full of people who don't know how to read, don't know how to think in principles, and are going to be uh, swayed by the moral, uh, the 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 content of the moral culture of the time, right? So, uh, you know, it's full of a bunch of Supreme Court justices that don't give a crap about the First Amendment, really. Uh, they care about being, quote, progressive. And so mm -hmm. uh, they don't want to be the person that ruled against LGBT stuff. I mean, I think right now, uh, <laughs> if, you're, if you're in one of those categories, you could probably, <laughs> yeah, have a good chance of winning lots of court cases because no one wants to rule against you. Um, in fact, one negative effect, and I'll say this as someone who has, I know we have a lot of new listeners to the show, so, uh, I'll just, my background a little bit, I've started several companies, I've hired, uh, hundreds of people at least, and, uh, I'll say this as someone who's hired, uh, you take, you take one group of people, it doesn't matter, it could be purple sweater wearing people, it doesn't matter what that group is. And you tell me as an employer, 
those people you're not allowed to fire for wearing purple sweaters. You know who I'm not going to hire? I'm not going to hire purple sweater people because I'll be afraid that if they're incompetent and they're underperforming and I fire them, they'll sue me for firing them because they were wearing a purple sweater. It makes you less employable. LGBT people, that ruling makes you less employable. You are now a larger liability than you were in the past because this will be used against employers. There's going to be some, look, just like straight hetero cis guys, there are also some lazy, horrible workers who are LGBT community workers and they'll get hired. And then when they get fired for sucking at work, they will whip this out and claim it was because they were trans or because they were gay or whatever it was. And you've now painted a, uh, it's, it's a, it's not a blacklist. It's like a gray list. It's like, eh, there's a little bit of baggage that comes with hiring someone from that community now. Uh, by the way, since we've been talking about Black Lives Matter and racism all show, same thing true for affirmative action or for any of those kind of quotas. Um, same kind of thing. There's a movement right now in California to allow universities to hire and um, and public universities to hire and admit students uh, using basically racial quotas. And other than the white community, I don't know what the white community thinks about it, but I do know that the Chinese community is very upset about it because they're going to not get hired or get into university at high rates anymore because they happen to do very well on standardized tests and they score well and they get into universities at disproportionately high rates. And California would like to change that and punish Chinese people. And uh, mm. you know what that's going to mean? That's going to mean that that person that has a degree uh, and goes and looks for a job, well, the employer is going to look at that resume and look at that person and, and say, well, I don't know. Uh, they Maybe they just got this degree. Maybe they were only led into this university because of their fill-in-the-marginalized trait. Uh, you know, and it's not, that's not an irrational decision for an employer to make, actually. Like, there is a, like, there's a likelihood. <laughs> if it's only merit-based, then you cannot care about anything else because you know whomever you're hiring deserved it because they, they earned everything merit-based. Uh, when it ceases to be merit-based, you have to start questioning how they ended up in front of you. And that's totally, totally normal. Um, I have a question for you. I, I yeah. actually I have a more nuanced view on this than mm -hmm. I've said so far. Oh, good. Okay. <clears throat> so I I understand why they made the ruling they did, the Supreme Court, because if it's already illegal to fire someone because of their sex, mm -hmm. then I understand why they are saying, and also let's add sexuality and gender identity. I understand why they're doing that. Um, so... I don't I not actually, understand it. It's just they're continuing right. a bad precedent that's already been set. Right. So you're saying that it shouldn't even exist, for the protections for sex or race or none of none, none of, of those. Exist. Right. No. Um, do you think that it was necessary to add those protections at a certain point in history? No. Because I do. Oh, okay. Interesting. No. Um, because it's culture, because it's culture that controls culture changes right and so um you know it's it's culture it's culture that ultimately 
changes how people perceive each other, how they interact with each other. Um, you know, I don't, I don't, I haven't hired women in my life because of some Supreme Court ruling or not a fire. Like, it doesn't matter because I don't, I don't view their gender as relevant to the job. It doesn't matter. Um, and, but that's a cultural change and that takes a while. And what I would argue is any good that it may have done that you perceive it may have done. The problem is, and, and this is really why you need to be able to think super long term and think in terms of principles, violating principles sometimes doesn't have an obvious problem in the near term, but the problem comes in down the road. Uh, sometimes you don't see it right away. And because that principle was violated, here we are. And this will keep going. There's no end to this from a principle perspective. There's no end to it. So uh, did it accelerate some things? I don't know. It could have. Maybe it doesn't matter. The cost is deadly. The cost vastly outweighs any good it could possibly have done. Um, and I guarantee employers, uh, I mean, I wasn't around at the time, like employing people at the time when, when uh, this was ruled about sex, but... I guarantee employers were like, well, I don't know if I want to hire a woman because if we fire her and if it turns out she's bad and we fire her, you know, she'll just sue us and maybe she'll win. Right? I mean, it doesn't have, you can't legislate how people interact with each other. You can't force people to interact with each other in the way that you want. That's, uh, that's a fallacy. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. If someone is bad and they're not hiring someone because they're a woman and that person's a misogynist, well... That's where social pressure comes in. That's where education comes in. That's where changing things come in. That's where other people in the workplace can complain about it. Like people can stop doing business with you. Like that's that change. I get it takes longer. I get the quick, easy fixes for men with guns to make rules. But when you do that, you've now given up the philosophical foundation. You, you've 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 given up. You've, there's no principle to stand on anymore. None. The, the okay, thank you. Association's dead. Well, Right? Thank you for answering died. that, because that's a that's a question I've still kind of been wrestling with what I think about it. So yeah, I and I, I look, I recognize not everyone's going to agree with me, especially in this chat and and whatever. But um, uh, someone asked why Kofefi. Since we have a lot of new followers, I'm going to answer that question. Um, I, I, maybe I can't. Maybe I should wait for Carrie to come back. I don't know why Kofefi. So we wanted a. Uh, we thought it was a stupid word, because it is. Carrie, I'm, I'm trying to ineptly answer why we call it Kofefi. Oh, I, I was it. Worried. Can I answer? Oh, wait, wait. Oh, yeah, give an answer, because I, I don't know if I have a good answer. Uh, well, I, I, I liked it because it's a... Well, I already answered it, in the, but because it sounds like coffee break, Kofefi break, and because it sounds like a party, like confetti, and oh. because it's a funny word. And we were trying to think of something that's like a funny... Like, anyway, I mean, I think it's obvious. Isn't it obvious? I don't think so. I was worried that it would be viewed as pro-Trump. Uh, no, but then we polled people, and there were just as many people who thought it would be viewed as anti-Trump. Right, which so is what convinced like, me yeah. at the end. Like, it was the ambiguity that I fell in love with. I was like, okay, half the people think we're pro-Trump, and half the people think we're making fun of him. That makes it a good name. <laughs> like that. Yeah. That's, I was like, all right, that's fine. Um, and it does kind of sound like coffee break. Is Chad the male counterpart to Karen? No, a Chad is not the male counterpart to Karen. The male counterpart to Karen is Karen. Uh, and he... Yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> Anybody can be a Karen. Anyone? Yeah, he's a Karen. <laughs> uh, no. Oh, by the way, they are. Um, we noticed during the uh, lockdown, SJWs were trying to reclaim Karen. It was super weird. Dr. K and I noticed this. They were posting stuff like calling anyone who was opposed to uh, government lockdowns, the government forcing oh, they them Karens. people yeah. not to be able to work. They called them Karens. And and if you were opposed to your neighbors, like suddenly acting like the secret police and like reporting you for not social distancing, those pay, those those people are the Karens. The people were calling the police and the authorities and reporting and snitching. Yeah, that's like the definition. They were trying the to they were trying to reclaim it and say no. Those who opposed the snitches were the Karens. It was super weird. And so now I've seen them in some of these groups, like in that group uh, we mentioned earlier, where it's called uh, "Out Your Local Racist," and they and they're posting people in there trying to get them fired. And and I saw they they posted a meme that says like, you know, look who's the Karen now, like. Like, no, you guys have always been the Karen. Like, I still don't get that. You don't, everybody knows. <laughs> You've always been the Karens. What? I try to not say it's about IQ, but God, some of these people are so dumb. Uh, <laughs> I don't, it's just funny. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you to um, who, the John Beck, I think, sent a super chat. Comparable to Campfire is I have a room for rent, but I won't because California has an eviction moratorium. If I get a bad roommate, I'll be stuck. Oh, that sucks. Uh, yeah, that is that is actually uh, so. Being no one wants to be a landlord in California, um, and actually this stuff applies to um, it applies to uh, renting your property out too because uh, they can claim discrimination if you don't rent to them or if you kick them out. Uh, they'll claim that it was because of whatever. I mean, there are people in the world who are dishonest, who are, will use every law to their advantage, who will uh, trash the place that you rented to them or be a horrible employee, and they will use whatever reason they can to get back at you if you take any action. Um, and if there's laws in place that, that say, oh, you happen to have an attribute for which it's illegal to fire, they'll use that. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. I, I don't, Carrie, this has been a long show. I don't know that we have much else. Oh, wait. Do we have to tell people, do we have a show tomorrow that we should tell people about? So they... Oh, yes. So tomorrow yeah. morning, oh my gosh, tune in live. We're going to be promoting this later today. But tomorrow we're doing uh, a special episode of Deprogrammed with um, Benjamin Boyce. If you guys don't know Benjamin Boyce, he's got a YouTube channel. He was a student at Evergreen. And what we're going to be talking about is... I. I've been saying, like, look at the evergreen videos if you want to understand what's happening in society as a whole. It's a good little microcosm of what you can expect and if you want to make predictions. And I want to talk to somebody who's there and somebody who's done a really great series on evergreen about the parallels that we can draw to what's happening in all of mainstream society right now and what wisdom can be gleaned from the evergreen story. Like, where, where can we see this going? So it's going to be live. We're going to do it tomorrow at 11 a.m. Pacific time, the same time as we do did Confetti Day, 1 p.m. Texas time. Yep. So So that should be fun. Um, and if you haven't seen any of his stuff, go check it out first, if you can, if you have time. All right. Uh, I think that's it, Carrie. Um, yeah. Anything else on your agenda? Have a nice day, guys. Go outside. <laughs> All right. Turn off your devices at some point. Enjoy yes. the sunshine. 
Yes. Interact with real humans. Be good to one another. Play with your doggy. That's all. <laughs> all right. Thanks. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Um, please, uh, yeah, tell people about the show. Welcome all the new people from Dr. K's channel. And uh, you can email us at speak at unsafespace.com if you have suggestions for things or whatever. So take care. Tweet girl. Wait, Tweet girl says Trudeau is the George Bridges of Canada. I don't know who George Bridges is. George Bridges was the president of Evergreen, the one that put his hands in his oh. pockets. <laughs> anyway. I don't yes. think there's anything worse than being the Trudeau of Canada. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Later, Bye, everyone.